Cristo. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? And Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my dick. And you're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for the rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Episode 389, we are closing in on 400, 400 episodes of Intentionally Offensive Wrestling Shit. I am your host, Troy. With me this week, it is The Return. Jason is here. And that uh, that is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Pizza Tycoon. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about. Besides so we Pizza had, Tycoon? Yes, besides Pizza Tycoon, uh, we also have another guest with us. Sal is here. Did I go into the wrong studio? Isn't this supposed to be the WrestleMania Salvation Studio? What the hell am I doing on the rundown two weeks in a row? You're contractually obligated to be here. <laughs> I'll have my lawyers review it later. Let's just roll with it. All right. It's the uh, Pizza Tycoon Brick Oven Studio. We're recording <laughs> this edition of the rundown. Nobody but us three understands that joke, though. Anyway. That's so funny. <laughs> People just think we're sponsored. Fucking roll with hey. it, dude. All right. All right. Uh, so you might be wondering... The only podcast sponsored by Pizza Tycoon. Fair enough. So you might be wondering what happened to Ginger, our brand new host. Well, he's got a little bit of an update for us. Good evening, everybody. This is Ginger, one of the co-hosts. I want to let everybody know my wife and a brand new daughter are very safe and good in good health. So I look forward to being back on the podcast and just want to give everybody a heads up. And uh, yeah, so I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Ginger. And again, congratulations to our brand new podcast host, Ginger. Uh, him and his wife, the birth of their brand new daughter is his second Little, little, so, little evolution. Yep, little evolution. Um, so, I want you to know that uh, the birth of Ginger's daughter was also sponsored by Pizza Tycoon. That's right. That's right. Uh, download it. Mean, can you download it? Yeah, I think you can download it. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just a Mac game. I don't think it's an app. Okay. We should well, really feel better about our sponsors before we fucking go on the air. Well, all right. So, yeah, so this episode of The Rundown is brought to you by Pizza Tycoon. Go to classicreload.com slash pizza-tycoon.html to play the classic game now. Grab some friends and slice it up. There you go. All right. Uh, we go from that hot pile of garbage to some hot pieces of ass because that's ours, our Rundown Wrestling Network hottest WWE female tournament 
we had a big, big fucking week again. Um, so let's go ahead and run down the winners. Now, last Thursday night, we dropped Candice LeRae versus Jessamine Duke. Uh, I wonder Jessamine... how that went. Uh, (laughs) uh, yeah so jessamine of course would be the third member of the um of the four horsewomen of nxt to be uh, in this tournament would she fare better than ronda where's the other one right i was gonna say she might actually been the second because i don't think uh marina's gone yet yeah marina's gone yeah, oh, she has. Oh, well, she's, oh, yeah. There. Sorry. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Yeah. The first round, Ronda Rousey lost to Chelsea uh, Green, who just broke her wrist, and Nikki Bella took out Marina Shafir. So, uh, would yeah. Jess, would Jessamine Duke fare better than her other two compatriots? So well, by says. by a vote of 188 to 32, <laughs> that's 85 percent of the vote. Jessamine Duke has lost. Candice LeRae moves on. Shocker. Uh, you know. Uh, then on Friday, we had the fourth member of the four, four horsewomen of the apocalypse. Shayna Baszler took on Naomi. And we have a brand new rundown record for most votes. 192. Holy shit. To 23. <laughs> <laughs> That's 89% of the votes. Naomi has removed the last NXT four or last UFC four horse lady from the tournament. Uh, Shame nice. on those twenty three people; they were just being racist. So that's good. A, I mean, look at that. That's a whole lot of plot right there. That is a whole lot. I mean, that's that that's the biggest black ass I ever seen, and I like it. Uh, so yeah, great great job for Naomi. Uh, so far, yeah, one hundred and ninety two, and Candice LeRae with one eighty eight was our second highest vote, vote getter so far. So, um, good like on overall, or just this week? Overall, wow. Uh, because the uh, the next two would be Mandy Rose with one forty eight and Killer Kelly with one forty four. So Killer Kelly got one forty four. Holy shit! I know, right? <laughs> it was that picture he threw up. It probably was, man. I, I think the matchups helped too. Well, she was against. Well, Bianca got fifty four votes, so well, it wasn't. You know, Bianca got got a, a, a lot more votes than Shayna and Jessamine do. Uh, Wait, almost, Bianca lost? Yeah. Bianca lost so to Kelly Kelly. With so she's not undefeated? She's not undefeated in wrestling, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next uh, next couple of matchups here, a, a, a little tighter. Uh, plot, you know, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> Tainara Kanchi on Sonia Deville. See, this is uh, a good match. For you. This one was one that went back and forth on this. Normally, what what tends to happen in these is that um, we get somebody who kind of comes gets out in front and either will just like hang on mm-hmm. or you know will blow someone out of the water. But this one, Sonia took the lead, then Tainara took the lead, and they kind of kept swapping back and forth. Um, but with a score of one fifteen to ninety seven. Wow. With only 54% of the votes, Tainara Kanchi moves on. Wow. Good. That's got to be an upset, though, right? Just I mean, a search. Have you seen Tainara Kanchi? I love she Tainara is... Kanchi. She's oh, amazing, man. but I, I've always thought Sonya was a beautiful woman. I wonder if the well, fact that, that Sonya doesn't like the dick had anything to do with it. That probably played into it. Yeah, probably. Well, it's probably you know, I mean, 
Sony is is more underrated. Where Tainara is more kind of in your face, like you, you I know. I would she's like to have her on my face. That's <laughs> Uh, so the next matchup was another just hotly contested matchup back and forth. Alicia Fox versus Isla Dawn. Now, I'm um, not an Alicia Fox fan, Troy, but i got to tell you, that goddamn picture you posted on there <laughs> almost made me one. Right. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Um, so this one here, again, close matchup. Um, these two traded the lead a couple of times. Score of a 98 to 83. With, Very again, close. But again, 54% of the vote, Isla Dawn. Wow. Wow. I don't get that, but okay. I don't either. I don't either. Just. I mean, you, you at least have to admit the Isla Dawn pictures I found were pretty good. Okay, that, I, no, that, that's fine, but should, I just think should, that a lot of people let their personal feelings about Alicia get in the way of that. Should we play well, it? Is it racist? <laughs> well, I, you know, you could, you could say that, but Naomi moved on, so. <laughs> well, yeah, but the competition was a little less stiff. No, no, no it doesn't matter. That's, <laughs> That's one way to put it. It's, it's a win in the books there, brother. Okay. Uh, our our next matchup, going yet again on white chick versus black chick, uh, Billy Kay against MJ Jenkins. Oh, come on. This isn't even close. Yeah, that's not, that's, that had nothing to do with race. <laughs> and I am, I am so, so sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> with a score of 117. To seven. <laughs> oh, poor Mrs. Cedric. Ninety-four percent of the votes went to Billy Kay. Yeah. MJ yeah. is Cedric Alexander's wife, right? No, Cedric Alexander is with Ariel Moreno, isn't she? Isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was she was okay. Yep, wrong girl. That's right. Oops. She was in the Mayan Classic. Yeah. Yeah. She's okay. she's with somebody though, isn't she? Who MJ Jenkins? Yeah. Uh. And she's with all the other losers who got out of the first round. Well, yeah, pretty much. She's with Angelo Dawkins. Probably. All right, so I that, that brought, shit up. I have no idea. That brought us to a match on Tuesday that I wasn't a hundred percent sure how this one was going to go. <laughs> Nikki Cross versus Eva Marie. <laughs> and this one, um. Obviously, our, our last matchup, you, you heard the numbers there. Kind of a lower-scoring one, but it was pretty much because everyone, everyone who looked at that went, well, we know who's going to win this one. Right. But this one here uh, kind of rebounded our numbers a little bit with a score of 78 to 72. Wow. Six, six votes. Wow. Whoa. 52% of the votes. Moving on to the next round. Nikki! Oh, I'm fucking out. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Fuck you all. Whoa. Now, I, it would it would appear, much like in the Alicia Fox case, some people let their personal feelings go on this one. And a lot of people, we were seeing some comments from people saying, well, Eva Marie's not a real wrestler. So, uh, <laughs> Eva Marie also... I'm sorry, was when was the last time Nikki Cross wrestled on TV? Right. Like I, think she was, I think she was on main event. I think Eva Marie's wrestled more recently than Nikki Cross has. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay. I, she, I, I know I, Eva Marie wrestled with her top on Big Brother, so... Yeah, that was actually a good scene. Um, uh, you know, I gotta be honest. I voted for Eva. I didn't really think there was there was much of a contest. I figured she was gonna run away with it. Well, you gotta remember that uh, you know our our wrestle with the plot viewers. They they love them some Nikki Cross. So I, I get that, but I mean. To Jason's long-standing point, Eva Marie is a smoke show. So one thing she does right is look good. Well, you know, this is a, this is 
how people personally feel on things. So, and it was close. It wasn't like it was it was a complete blowout here. So, um, not like our surprise matchup that we had dropped last night. Um, which again, the only reason I dropped it last night and we're counting it this week is because I knew it was a foregone conclusion. Kyrie Sane versus Karen Q uh, with a vote of seventy to six. Kyrie Sane. Keep in mind, people had less than 24 hours to vote for that yeah, one. So. Less than 24 hours to vote for it, but it wasn't going to make a difference. Because 70 votes to 6 after, like, you know, fucking... I will probably proclaim myself as one of those 6. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, sadly, not moving on. So, yeah, so Kyrie Sane... I just don't on. get the Kyrie Sane thing. Like, she, she doesn't... I don't know. She, I don't find her... You enjoyed right. the... But you enjoyed the pictures I, I showed you. Yeah, they were fine. And she is an, she is an attractive lady. I understand. I understand. She's more cute. Like I, I think said, she's too cutesy. I think that's why. Like, I yeah, but so is Candace. I mean, but I can see Candace being hot. Like, oh, true. Like true. Kyrie is like a hundred percent cutesy. Like, there's no, no Kyrie's like an anime girl. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah, Kyrie. Tegan Knox kind of goes into that same kind of thing where they're very cute. Casey Catanzaro is is very cute. Like you she... want to put her in a box and just have her laugh all day. You don't want to actually <laughs> fuck her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you definitely don't want her to laugh while you're fucking her either. But <laughs> so that set up some matches for our next round, as we now know that Mickey James will be taking on Tainara Kanji. Mm. Liv Morgan will be taking on Isla Dawn. That's a Can- mm. Candice LeRae versus Billy Kay. Ooh. Naomi takes on Nikki Cross. Mm. But we have. Seven more matchups to go in the first round here to decide the rest of our second round matchups. So our second Thursday match goes up tonight. Well, no, because it drops at eleven thirty at night. So that's, it, it, that's two matchups in the same day, sir. I am not factually incorrect. No, because the because the Kyrie Sane Karen Q match the Q matchup landed last night at eleven thirty today. Right. It closed voting today. Right. And our matchup tonight that starts eleven thirty will go Listen, tomorrow. Take the L and move on, Troy. <laughs> All right, you're you're wrong, but okay. So tonight at eleven thirty, a a big time matchup. This one is one I I can foresee being a close one. Lana versus Paige. Ooh, <sighs> that matchup's so hot it belongs in a pizza tycoon oven. There you go. Uh, then. Uh, Friday night drops Natalia versus Jesse Alaban. Oh, Natalia. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. You don't know on that one. Uh, Again, Santa- I hate Jesse Alaban. Like, she, she's cute, okay, but I hate her. And mm-hmm. as much as I don't like Natalia, you got to give credit, credit where credit's due. She is thick in all the right places. So Yeah, she is, dude, you know. Uh, Saturday night, we have Mia Yum versus Nia Jax. Did you say Mia Yum? Yeah, Mia Yum. <laughs> that, I don't even know why we're even going to post that matchup. I mean, that's a blowout. There's no way. Well, we, you know, no way. The, the matches are going to get tougher the farther we go into this. If, so if, when we if, get to the second round, that's when we're going to start seeing some more tough matchups. If Mia loses that matchup, I want Sal on that edition of the rundown. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Even oh. if you, even if both Mia and Naya never, ever stepped foot in a ring, and nobody had this vitriol hatred towards Naya, Mia would still blow her out every single time. 
Why do you hate fat girls? Yeah. Yeah, there's a con- there's a contingent of people out there who enjoy thicker girls. That's what I'm saying. No, no, I'm saying hate Naya because of who she is. Like, okay, personal you, feelings no, of no, God. No, 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 Because you just said if she never set her foot in the ring and no one knew anything about her, they would vote against Mia her. Mia would still win. Yeah, because Mia's better looking than her. Because you're basing it all on the fact that Naya's fat. Because Naya's a fucking former model. Mia is not. Okay. Well, but, no. But Mia's, I've seen Mia's a former Mia. model, too. Fashion model. Yeah. I, I've seen some pictures of, of Mia that are very much better than anything that I could have posted. Right, because you're focusing on body Sunday type, night. You fucking big. <laughs> Sunday <Yeah>. night. <laughs> Hottest tournament, man. <laughs> Sunday night. We will see Peyton Royce versus Zia Lee. That's a walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Monday, Monday night. It is Dana Brooke versus Io Shirai. I, I know I'm going to be in the minority on that one. Because you're picking the minority? No. Because <laughs> I'll probably pick the minority. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night, you have Charlotte Flair versus Kavita Devi. Uh, okay. And You're going to have to find a picture of Kavita Devi not in her orange fucking prison jumpsuit. That's going to be a challenge. Spoiler alert. I couldn't find a picture of her not in a jumpsuit. <laughs> Which is exactly why. By God. By God. That's got to be Beth Phoenix. That's, That's unfair. Debbie. That's bullshit. Bounce from the tournament. That is bullshit. It's, if she couldn't, if he couldn't find pics of her, there's nothing to That's post. That's not, no, 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 no. Because there are other very lopsided matchups for which we have not replaced somebody. I couldn't find any pictures of her. Do you have pictures of her in a bright orange jumpsuit? Fucking roll with them. Well, you're mm-hmm. fucking with the integrity of this tournament. No whoa, 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 whoa! But Troy always posts. Our sponsors at Pizza Tycoon are not going to be happy. All right, well, I'll take it. I'll take it up with uh, Bob from Pizza Tycoon. Uh, and then our final matchup on uh, on Wednesday night: Vanessa Bourne versus Rhea Ripley. Ooh. Um, so we will have those. Kind of difficult. So we'll have those sorry, matchups. Uh, who's Pete Dunne facing? Oh. <laughs> we will have those matchups to figure out the <laughs> remaining people who will be moving on to the second rounds. So, with that, we move on to Fast Lane. Life in the Fast Lane. I was just going to say that. <laughs> All right. Can Any we just more skip this? Uh, no, we can't because we we we'll, we'll go through very quickly on it. Because this is like one of the ultimate like blue balls of shows. Like it was pretty much everything you knew was going to happen. There was really no surprise or shock or twist or turn or really anything to speak of. Well, there's well, a lot to complain about. There was one surprise. Okay, I'll give you one surprise. But other than that, eh. so eh. the other thing too is you know I understand cards subject to change. Um, but when you when you literally throw in two matches, and then alter another match to add a couple more people to it, doesn't it kind of feel like you don't know what the fuck you're doing? Mm-hmm. And that's how it comes off. Only one of those was storyline wise, which I'm fine with the Barbers Kofi Kingston being uh, something that they started storyline. My problem is is that the New Day versus Shinsuke and Rusev was just thrown in there. And then all of a sudden, the 
was it Andrade versus Ray match suddenly became a, a, a United States a championship United match. States. Well, and it yeah. got moved to the main card, which good for them. Um, yeah, that's also why they threw together a, a kickoff show match. So, yeah. To me, it just it, it just struck as not being thought of well enough. Um, so, are, are you new to this product, or <laughs> no? I'm just I'm just stating the obvious. All right, so um, on the kickoff show, the New Day um, were able to defeat Shinsuke and Rusev in a nothing match. Anything to say about that? No. Uh, it will come into play later, I think, right? Not really, but moving on. <laughs> uh, the WWE SmackDown tag team titles. Brown line, all of us picked the Usos other than Adam and Jeff. Adam picking the Bushwhackers, Jeff fixing, uh, picking the fabulous Rolo Spotter Brothers. Um, because none of us could spell Rougeau. Um, that, was, that was perhaps my favorite moment in the history of the right now. <laughs> we couldn't spell Rougeau. Yes. Um, I could have looked it up, but fuck it. Uh, so, yeah, so the Usos wind up, up uh, retaining the belts. I, my favorite Shane... is when you spelled it as Fabulous Ragu Brothers. That was the best. <laughs> um, Shane then turns on Miz. Um, everyone saw that coming, obviously, because we all picked the Usos. And we even said it last week that this is what was going to happen because we know, we've known for a while now that the Miz vs. Shane McMahon is pretty much fucking booked in stone for WrestleMania. So I, I I was surprised. I thought it was going to be the Miz turning on Shane. I didn't see Shane going heel. Yeah. Yeah. So that that would be the only real shocker of the thing was the fact that it was Shane doing the heel turn, considering that we were supposed to be kind of done with the heel authority, even though Vince McMahon keeps removing people from taking or from title matches that we want to see. Um, well, but right, yes. and now we've got Vince and Shane as the heel McMahons. Stephanie's sort of the tweener McMahon, and Uncle Paul is back to being total face. So mm-hmm. it's a very strange dynamic, again, when we were supposedly done with heel authority figures. Stephanie's um, a tweener? There were some fantastic spots in this match, though, to be honest with you. That spot where they had the Uso brother, I forget which one it was, on the corner opposite Shane. Right there. And he, Shane goes to do the coast-to-coast and oh. he just cuts him off midair. Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah, that was insane. So um, I, I really enjoyed. I actually really enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the surprise at the end. I did not enjoy Shane's attempt at a triangle because that was fucking brutal. I enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy the picture that got posted in our host thread of that <laughs> moment that you realize when your boss's dick is on your head. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, that's I, true. I didn't take as great offense to Mrs. Dad's acting as everyone else did, but it was not oh. great, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, all things considered, I, I really enjoyed myself with this match. I, I had a good time with it. All right, the match was good. I, I did enjoy the match as well. Like you said, that spot was insane. Um, I think there was a little bit of debate as far as who was going to turn on who, because you could see it. Where they just went back to, oh, Miz is just frustrated, so he beats up Shane because he didn't get his way, and he turns back into the spoiled little, you know, Hollywood actor. But the way they did it with Shane being the one, I love it. I love the whole dynamic of it. Ah, Miz's father, just look, nobody's asking you to get physically involved, okay? But just a little bit more anger, perhaps, instead of like walking to the security guard and being like, he's not hey, an actor. Hey, can I, hey, can I, uh, Hey, uh, I know, or... Yeah, but how how hard is it to get angry? But you I know mean, what, that's on, somebody, that's on somebody in the back for not fucking showing him what they wanted him to do. True. Like, that's not on him to me. I, that's why I didn't have that big of an issue with it. To me, the main thing that I come out of this is a little confused if, we, if we're going to... 
I don't know how Miz is going to pull off face because we've seen them try it before and it did not go well and the fans did not respond. Shane, for his part, did the work he needs to do and it did seem to carry over on Sun on Thursday night, on Tuesday night, sorry. So that is the good news. Now we'll see what kind of reaction Miz gets. I imagine he'll get a huge pop when he comes back next week, I'm guessing. Um, but does it sustain? And that's what I don't know because Miz is so good as a heel and just so generally unlikable as a character that he's going to have to really tap into like Miz and Mrs. Miz to, to pull this off. He was for a long period of his career, but I feel like in the past year, even as he was playing heel, you heard more cheers, you heard more Miz chants. I think the way they laid out this story, it's it's the right way to turn Miz face, and keeping him off SmackDown was even better, because like you said, he's going to get that pop when he finally comes out. Um, and I think we're good at least until WrestleMania, which is only three weeks away. So. Well, that's the thing. Like, he can get through this program because Shane is an easily hateable heel when he does takes on that role. Um, but can it carry post-Mania? That's the yeah. question. Can you can Miz play a successful face for a long-term run? And I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, the last time that we had Miz as a face, he, re- he, he really became... The bland face that, that we're used to seeing in that was the Ric Flair movie, so. tutorial yeah. figure for yeah. him, right? Yeah, right. And it was it was garbage. And the Miz is a natural heel, mm-hmm. and so it's it's very difficult for him. It's it's a lot like Charlotte. Charlotte's a natural heel, and when she tries to play face, it comes off as disingenuous. You know? See, I disagree. Yeah, I, I, think, I, is... I think Charlotte can play both. Honestly, I mean, she's better better at one than the other. Well, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. You go back and look at her program with Nikki Bella for the last run of the Divas title when Nikki Bella mm-hmm. was a strong heel character. I thought Charlotte played very well face opposite her. I agree. What about what about Randy Orton? Randy Orton's definitely better as a heel, but he functions. He, he can function okay as a face. Yeah, look at when he was going against Seth. That was fine. There are very few that are complete flops at one or the other, and The Miz was definitely a complete flop as a face. He was at that time. I think he's a different and involved yeah, character. Yeah, we'll see, and I hope you're yeah. right, because I like The Miz, and I actually, like I said, I think if he taps into more of the sort of role he plays on his reality show, I think he'll be much better served. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, the thing with The Miz, too, is that, you know, we're, we're looking at something that happened a fucking decade ago at this point. That's true. So, so right, yeah, we're not so, running through this quickly, though. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> Uh, the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship match, Asuka versus Mandy Rose. Only Jason chose Mandy Rose because, and of course... Mandy Rose is always the answer. Yeah, and and for, the, for the record, I expected Asuka to win. I only did that for the sake of my gimmick. So. <laughs> I also enjoy the fact that Adam picked Dana Brooke, and then she magically showed up on Raw. So. Yeah, he was almost right. Yeah, he was close. He was just wrong title. Yeah. Asuka so retained. Asuka retained. pretty short. Shh. Oscar retains with the, with the help of Sony Deville. We're trying to go through this quickly, so all right. The match was fine for what it was. It obviously wasn't going to be a five star classic right off the bat, um, but I thought it was okay. I thought Mandy Rose played her heel character really well. Um, I didn't have as big an issue with the apron spot as some people did. I thought it was okay. Obviously, we've seen in slow motion the shot that Mandy Rose took to the face from Oscar on that kick. Uh-huh. That one hurt a little bit. A little stiff-ski on that one. Um, my only real issue here with this was that I we finally have, 
women's tag team titles, and the first thing we fucking do is start breaking up a women's tag team. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to stop you right there, because Mandy and Sonya... No, I already and stopped. <laughs> yeah, Mandy and Sonya have been on this road to break up since Paige told them to fucking stop hanging out. <laughs> oh, but see, this is where I stop you, and I really stopped you. And correct you in the fact that they started the story, they dropped the story, they were best of friends for an extended period of time again, and now they're breaking up again. Stop, start, stop. So, no, it's, so, not, the, it's not the continuation of that story. It's an entirely different story. Right. These two were wearing best friend shirts a week ago. So, yeah, you, you kind of stopped. Well, that's a different no, team on SmackDown. My, no, they, they had that shoot too. Um, so my bigger, bigger issue here is the fact that the SmackDown Women's Champion is in a match in a storyline that doesn't actually pertain to her. Because this entire match was just to start the storyline between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and you shouldn't be using your champion to start other people's storylines. It was Fastlane. I'm fine with it. But Asuka doesn't have a storyline. <laughs> Alright, fuck, Mary she- kill. Bossy hugs, the Iconics, and fire and desire. Go. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Well, fuck the Iconics, because that, that's been a dream of mine for a long time to do through with them. <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, yeah, I'll marry Fire and Desire, and I'll kill off boss, Bossy Hugs. I don't know, Barry looks like wifey material, though. Look, look, here's my problem. One of those people isn't going to touch my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to kill Fire and Desire. But, but because... one can go muff diving while the other one takes it. Mm. That's great. And, the one that and, I, and I'd like to watch... But eventually, you have to get down where, like, 6.30 in the morning, you're sitting around the breakfast table eating eating Cheerios and stuff like that, and you have to look at each other in the face. So I just feel like the next morning, Sasha would be super critical of your performance. I don't know. <laughs> probably, but you know what? It would probably make me a better lover. So. Oh, I cannot put up with Sasha. Oh, no. And, I, and, and though I find her attractive, I think Bailey's like, Bailey strikes me as straight missionary. I don't know. You know, sometimes the, the, the most like conservative looking girls are the wildest. So, um, But speaking of people that have definitely been inside each other, the bar took on <laughs> Kofi Kingston in a, uh, a handicap match to... Wait, are you talking just... about the bar being inside of Kofi Kingston? Each no, other. I think, well, whatever. <laughs> they were inside each other, I'm saying. Well, you said inside each other, the bar took on Kofi Kingston. I mean, theoretically, you're putting them all in a giant threesome there. They might have been. Okay. You know, maybe... You know, maybe Kofi was a little nervous, and he went to his boy Xavier and was like, "Look, you're 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 an expert on three ways. Um, what do I do with Seamus's balls?" <laughs> and Xavier that is was definitely like, well, trouble in paradise. Yeah, that's it. Well, you cup them. Anyway, I have no idea so, if that was a Jamaican. I have no idea what that was. I was trying to do Jamaican accent. I have no idea what it came out as. You sounded you sounded like Lurch. So. Um, so <laughs> So yeah, so in in an attempt for Vince McMahon to enjoy watching two white guys beat up a black guy, he put the bar in a, in a match against Kofi Kingston to Seriously, teach him a the lesson. Fucking bar, like you could have just made it Nakamura and Shinsuke again. Instead, you pick it. You pick the bar. Uh, well, Sal, I mean, come on, pay per view bonuses for different guys. guys. Let's go. I understand, I understand, but it definitely plays into the Vince's racist card. But we'll talk about more. We'll talk more. Oh wait, so it's okay for minorities to beat the shit out of each other, but a white guy can't beat up a black guy. Hey guys, two, two white guys beating up a black guy. Well, I find that less offensive than the fact that the last two people to fucking eat the curb stomp were black guys from Seth Rollins. Also, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, we'll get to that a little bit here. 
Uh, the Raw Tag Team Championship was on the line as the Revival took on Black O'Shea and Chide Gable and Bobby Roode. I like um, I like it. I guess we can't use the name I said, huh? That's not really... Yeah, no, never mind. It's not really PC, but, yeah. Ricky and Blackie? That's not... <laughs> you're you're not calling the black guy Blackie. Yeah, you're calling the guy true. with the last name of Black Blackie. That's true. Rick so. and Blackie, yeah. Yeah, so you're fine. Okay. It would be different if you were, like, Blackie and Alistair. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, the Revival do wind up retaining their championships, uh, so somebody on Raw knows how to successfully defend a title other than Brock Lesnar. And Dash um, Weiler, in successfully defending their titles, Dash Weiler managed to lose a rib. Uh, also, um, the Revival totally made out after the match, too, so that was nice. Um, um, yeah, so this was... Uh, um, there were a lot of good parts to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of parts where people almost killed each other. Yeah. So the big spot, of course, would be Ricochet almost fucking braining himself on the on the apron. Now, um, see, I I, I want to address something because I think we may we may have been talking about different parts when I said that was sick. When I was talking about was when Ricochet was in the ring and ran and jumped over the turnbuckle onto Dash. Yeah. Okay. That was fine. Right, I yeah. thought. What I was not referring to was when they attempted the Huracan on the apron because that looked bad. Well, it's also just an unnecessarily dangerous spot because when you think of the just the dynamics of how that move is executed, as Ricochet goes down, there's only a there's a real finite amount of space for him to continue that turn before he hits coupling. <clears throat> so if he hits that steel coupling. Fuck it, he's dead because he's going straight down into the one on the first rope. So I, I just it's, it's very very well, the 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 risk on that spot was not worth the pop it got. Put it that way. I, I agree with that, but we've seen Ricochet and Lucha Underground. I mean, you can't tell me he didn't do more risky things there. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. What? We saw our guy named Prince Puma and and was that Lucha Underground. Ricochet? Shut the fuck up, Sal. But, Tori, what did you think? Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, w- I would like to hear if Sal still thinks that Ricochet is watered down. I mean, that was the first match, I think, that I saw him start to do more what he usually does. We're talking about in the main roster, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely in the main roster. No, no, Sal's 100% right that he's been toned down on the main roster. But like with anything else, they tone you down on TV and then let you be spectacular yeah. on the pay-per-views. And I think Which is exactly how it should be. Because otherwise you wind up having all your, your fucking flippy guys be fucking crippled. I, <laughs> no, no, so, my concern was they weren't going to let him turn it up for the pay-per-view. I just thought Vince took one look at his offense and was like, no, okay. you need to scale that back about so, that. No, so, AJ some, Styles has proved that to be uh, no longer an issue at this point. Okay, so, so those, of, those of you who have listened to my interview on the sit-down way back in the day with AG before he was retrosexual, uh, I shared an anecdote of a, a show we were at together where I came, he came up to me after the show and, after the match and said, how was my match? And I said, it was great, except one thing. And he said, what? And I said, that's because he used to do this spot where he would kip up and kip up and it's like the whole chain thing. Um, and I said, that movie, that, that sequence is great. And it was great the last four shows I saw you on that you did the same sequence. And the problem with it is, if you do it at every show, it's no longer special. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's sort of the same thing with Ricochet. If he does all those amazingly high-flying spots that every time he's out there, it's not special anymore. Right. 
right. So speak, speaking of some high flyers, the United States Championship was on the line as Samoa <laughs> Joe defended against Andrade, R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio. Wait, did um, you say United States? Yes, I did. Um, You're supposed to say favorite... no. No, I didn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> my favorite spot in this was Samoa Joe grabbing Rey Mysterio by the pants and <laughs> yanking him to him. <laughs> So he could play Big Spoon and put him into the Coquina Clutch. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, this was like, a, yet again, another uh, an, another really good match. I mean, anytime that you have Andrade and Rey Mysterio in a match together, they're going to, to do some shit. Samoa Joe continues to be a good worker. R-Truth was there. Um, so no fucking, no fucking dance break. What the fuck? Yeah, that was weird. He didn't want to piss off Adam. If you're going to put, if you're going to put R-Truth out there, at least give me seven seconds of Carmella shaking it. That's true. Negative points. Uh, so the women's team. was already a C anyway. Yeah, too many, too many colored people. Every single one of them. Uh, the United, the uh, women's tag team championships are on the line as Bossy Hugs defended against the Samoan Twat team. Uh, Ginger showed us that he doesn't really know how to pick matchups because he went with the Samoan Twat team. Uh, the rest of us went with Bossy Hugs. Ginger also was the one who picked Chad Gable and Bobby Roode to win the Raw tag team championships. So I really question. <laughs> Him at this point, but he had other things on his mind, so it's okay. Sure. Um, so yeah, so at least we know he's wine. good at putting babies in people. That's mm-hmm. true. He is. Uh, thankfully, my ass is sterile. Uh, Bossy hugs winds up getting the uh, getting the win here, retaining the championships. The small and twat team not too happy about it. Uh, and what is sh- like seven fucking minutes and out? Like they didn't give these girls much time to work with, and the fucking end was a uh, Rana into a pin. That's right. It. Like, this is really underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Well, they needed seven more minutes for the post-match. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I was so, so, yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Bossy Hugs going forward here. Uh, they've obviously got a lot of people um, that, that they can get into a feud with next, except for Mandy and Sonya, because it seems like that's done. So, obviously, we know eventually they're going to do something with the Iconics. You've got a tag team. There, it seems like this, the uh, the ass pirates are a little bit busy down in NXT right now to be doing anything with bossy hugs, but we do have Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah as a team. No, member. no. What? No, no, nope. That's not going to be a thing. No, no. What? Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah is nope, not going to be. No, 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 no. No, they're getting nowhere near these tag titles. Nope, 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 nope. All right, I'm just saying. If they get anywhere near these tag titles, you might as well rename them the Divas Tag Team Championships. That's all I'm saying. I don't oh, think listen. these tag titles are even getting further than fucking Nia and Tamina at this these point. These tag titles haven't fucking gotten to SmackDown yet, but we'll talk about that later. That's true. Um, anything else to say about this one? <laughs> so, why did we go where we went after the match with Beth's involvement? I don't necessarily uh, go out on a limb. Understand that unless uh, they just couldn't get Trish and Lita. For Mania? There's your answer. You answered your own question. Bonus but points. Why, why do we have to have a, you know, a legend or something, or a Hall of Famer come in and be part of... I mean, we, I'd be fine if they just did well, listen, a Raw you, team you have and to a have, SmackDown team and an NXT team. You have to have a legend in the match, and you just brought Beth Phoenix in the team with her. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go with it, sure. By the way, somebody posted on, uh, was it Squared Circle this week, and I had totally forgotten about it, that the first match for the Divas Championship involved Natalia, 
versus uh, God, I don't remember who it was, but it was back in the. Was it? I think it was Beth. No, it wasn't Beth. Somebody with dark hair. I forget who it was. But uh. in any event, um, the reason it struck me is because it was back when Natalia was a lot less in shape and had her red hair, and she looked like a completely fucking different person. It's crazy. I went back and watched it when I saw it. Great American Bash, I think it was 2008. Go check it out. Could she wrestle then? Yeah, she's always been able to, She's always been able to wrestle. My problem is, I don't, I, I don't think she I think her can, skills have deteriorated. <laughs> no, I don't think she's a bad wrestler. I think she's got no personality. She can't use a microphone. And she has a tendency in matches to get flustered and blow finishes and spots. That's the thing. It's, it's but her- from a technical standpoint, she is a perfectly fine wrestler. Uh, but I think the tendency to blow spots and not be able to really sell successfully is put She it, can sell. She just can't promo. She has an ugly crying face. She can't sell. She can't <laughs> promo. She's not she, can't. She, she can't act. She can't come. <laughs> uh, it was it was Michelle McCool, by the way. There you go. Yes. There we go. Her with the dark hair. No, it was uh no. <laughs> uh so the next match, the WWE title continues to not be able to main event pay-per-views even when the main event is a nothing match with no consequences. Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens versus Mufasa. Uh, Mufasa added to the match simply so he could take the pin. Uh, Daniel Bryan retains his championship and we continue to inch towards Kofi Mania. Um, I thought they did a real fucking disservice to Mustafa here. Um, Bringing him out, he actually got booed during introductions. Well, yeah, because they wanted Kofi. Exactly, but that's my point, is they put Mustafa in a shit position in that match. Now, to his credit, as the match went on, he sort of won the crowd over, but they, they, they did not do Mustafa any favors here, and then having him eat the pin, too, on top of everything else, just wasn't... I don't think he was he was booked really well there. Uh, that fucking finish, though, with that knee off the <laughs> springboard was vicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll do you one better. I don't think they put Kevin Owens in a good spot. I mean, I enjoyed him coming back because I'm a Kevin Owens fan. I think a lot of people were confused at the spot he came back in. And obviously the crowd, and I get the whole end game if, if that's where they're going with Kofi. But for this match, the crowd wasn't invested. They were Cleveland, so take that for what it's worth. But, you know. These three guys can put on a match that should be able to dazzle people. So this is the problem, and I say this all the time. And the Royal Rumble is a great example of this because they do this every year. They start booking the main event of WrestleMania before the Royal Rumble. So you go into the Royal Rumble knowing who's going to win. They've booked the the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania before this match ever took place. So there was no fucking doubt that neither of those guys was going to win the title. So there was no anticipation. Yeah. You also got to look at it as um, Owens is sort of in that spot that Batista was in when Daniel, when Daniel, when, Bryan, when yeah. Daniel Bryan Mania took over, where they had the plan in place and the, the, the crowd wanted something different and wound up making it so that Daniel Bryan was, you know, the guy who won the championship at the end. And right now, We've got Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens, which is supposed to be kind of this big matchup that people, if it wasn't for Kofi Kingston, and it's kind of WWE's own fault, they did this. Um, if it wasn't for that whole situation where everyone really wants Kofi Kingston, 
then we would be having Kevin Owens versus Dana Bryan at WrestleMania, and we wouldn't have any of this this going on right now. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. But we'll, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Moving on. Um, Becky Lynch took on Charlotte Flair. If Becky won, she would be added to the women's championship match at WrestleMania. Of course, she won. And again, I have to question why Ginger chose Charlotte Flair for this match. Um, but he did, so we'll give him some shit next week. Um, but yeah, so obviously we knew what was going to happen here. Becky Lynch um, was going to win. We didn't see ha- that was going to happen was that Ronda Rousey was going to help her win. So, um, interesting kind of way to do it, and interesting that they continue to play Ronda this this way, where she hates everybody, and the the women are are carnies and stuff like that. But she also wants to defend against the best of the business. This was easily the worst Becky Charlotte match I've seen in a long time. Um. It didn't do anything for me. I, I think we all knew Becky was going to win. I would have preferred her winning by merit and like fighting her way from underneath and, and pinning Charlotte somehow, but I get Ronda's character development behind it. I just, it, you know, might as well just thrown this away because it was stupid. This is what happens when you book yourself into a corner with your matches uh, by doing a really poor job leading into him. Um, this was an unnecessary roadblock on the way to WrestleMania. Uh, this didn't need to happen. There were, we've documented here there were so many better ways they could have made this happen. Um, and I think you sort of took some steam out of Becky with this because mm-hmm. Becky getting up and celebrating that style of win is not something that plays well to her underdog you know, world is against me sort of gimmick. It makes it seem mm-hmm. like it just it didn't speak well for the character they're trying to build with Becky. And maybe it's just me, but this week it sounded like Becky's reactions were a little bit quieter than they have been in the past. No, I noticed it too. And I'm I'm going to give you credit, which is something I don't do enough of on this show. Uh, the night after the Rumble, you said it perfectly. This is they have their story of how to get where they need to go. Yeah. No, Becky was never a legitimate competitor. Charlotte was the last legitimate one. If they ran with that story and we have that match at Fastlane, whole different fucking story. Yep. Yep. No, they they overthought this one for sure. Now they've got four weeks to try to fix it, and it can be fixed, but they got some work to do. Yeah. Our main event of the night. Your main so. event. Hashtag not my main event. <laughs> The Shield <laughs> took on Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. I and the this... Dogs of War? No. Right? No, the Dogs of War was Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Eh, interchangeable. <laughs> well, there are, some, um, there are some significant differences when you throw Bobby Lashley in the mix, but sure. <laughs> can, somebody, can somebody explain to me that why the fuck... He's not the GM anymore. Why the fuck is Baron Corbin still dressing like the Mater D at Applebee's? He got rid of all his other gear, so it's kind of no choice. <laughs> he looks like an idiot now. <laughs> well, he didn't need the gear to make him look like an idiot. <laughs> I, it, it, it's sad that I'm longing for the days of belly button face, but shit. 
He should grow in the sides of his hair now and have like that George Costanza look. He should totally. He should, he should totally turn into it and just get tattoos like tat, the tattoos of eyes on his stomach. <laughs> and he should he should let his like his tummy hair grow into like a goatee. For there you go. Yeah. There you go. A little happy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, this was a match that happened. The Shield won. <laughs> And because the Shield won, and I was the only one to correctly predict that the Shield won, I won predictions this week. Yay, Troy. Uh, I got seven right, Sal got six right, Jason got five right, Ginger got three right. So welcome to the Jeff position on the the rundown here (laughs) of guy who can't make predictions. Yeah. So the Shield won with a triple powerbomb. Two. This... Well, they triple okay. powerbombed Drew, and then they pinned Baron after the triple powerbomb. So. This, do, do you want to know what this was? If you want to, if you missed the the fast lane pay per view, go back and watch the fat. I think it was fast lane yeah. the backlash where they did Evolution versus the Shield and that falls count anywhere single elimination bullshit. It was pretty much the exact same match, complete with the spot where four guys brawl out to the floor and Seth Rollins jumps off something high and takes everyone out. Yeah, it's pretty much the same fucking match. Yeah, but that match was more anticipated. The, like, and, well, yeah, because the opponents on the other side were better. And, and we had match seen had them every fucking week. <laughs> yes, that match had Blutista as well. <laughs> um, yeah, this felt like, hey, we're going to do a big reunion tour and we want your money, so uh, pay us $200 a ticket and, and we'll come to your town. <laughs> it was just so pointless. And I, I, like I said last week, I used to be a big fan of Ambrose. I'm a fan of Reigns. I'm a fan of Rollins. I'm not a fan of the Shield as a unit together. It's stupid. There, there are more fun ways to pay three hundred dollars to get fucked. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Did I just make it awkward, or I <laughs> get silent at the same time? Speaking of Blue Tista, this horrible sexual innuendo brought to you by Pizza Tycoon. <laughs> We're Pizza Tycoon, where you can get a delicious 10-inch pizza, which leads us into... The Perfect 10! A 10! A 10! A fucking 10! Pizza Tycoon is not actually like a pizza delivery service, so it's the only thing I can think of to segue into this. Is Triple H and Batista the hottest male feud that we currently have on the roster? I pose that question... Just says no. All right, that's good to hear. Um, so we had Triple H came to the ring, and can I, can, uh, I just, can I just ask a quick question? Yes. Yes. Did uh, Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan die in the last week? <laughs> I, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did I break Troy? Triple H was in the ring. (laughs) And he called out Dave to come out and face him like a man. He literally called him Dave. Like, Dave, Dave, get out of here now. Dave. So then, of course, we had... Yeah! I'll walk beside these independent wrestlers. Out comes Batista with a slew of bodyguards with him. No, no, no. 
he came out alone. Then he looked to the back and called his security. All right. Well, he definitely didn't walk alone. That's what we're saying. <laughs> he walked um, alone, then brought out indie wrestlers. <laughs> and that's what you're looking for. There you go. <laughs> um, so Triple H with the line with the line of the night oh, with um, the Guardians of the Independent scene. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Him. That was great. I thought I thought you meant you want it. I thought that was the line of the night. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Give me what been, I want! You want it? Been, Give me what I want! You want it? Yeah. So it's, it it's, didn't make any fucking sense. So, <laughs> it's been a while since Batista's been in front of this many people. Now, la- the last time we saw him, he wasn't in front of all these people. He was in the back with a couple of people, just like he would be on a normal stage. I thought so, he turned into dust. Yeah, he did. Um... But you can tell... That would have been fucking amazing. Like, that's what they should have done on Raw. Like, they should have turned Ric Flair into dust. Yes! <laughs> that would have been fucking amazing. Oh, my God. If that match doesn't end with Batista standing on top of the ring and then turning into the, yes, the dust... Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> They've got all this augmented reality shit they showed us at the Royal yeah. Rumble. Now I'm demanding that happen. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so definitely it's been a while since Batista's been in front of a crowd that huge, and it showed because when he first started off, this this segment went longer just because of the fact that Batista didn't say anything for the longest time because it seemed like he was kind of caught up in the moment and and wasn't really able to to say his lines like he was supposed to. And and I get it, man. That's a lot of fucking people to be in front of, you know. And especially if you haven't done it in years, like that's. You know, that could be kind of intimidating. So, But eventually, yeah, Batista proceeded to uh, blow spit all over the fucking microphone <laughs> um, and scream at Triple H, give me what I want, give me what I want. Which, the entire time, I'm like, does he want a title shot? That, now, see, does that's want- what it... So, so the way they set this up was he said something about, like, you know why I'm here, you know why I left, yeah. give me what I want. Right. And the reason he left, if you recall, was because he felt he, he, des- yeah. he deserved a one-on-one title shot. Because right, and he never got his one-on-one match. Right, and that was why he quit. So I yeah. assumed that's what he was coming back for. So did I. I'm like, I was like, but then they're like, when you wanted, so wait a second, how is it that that's what you wanted before you left? That you wanted a one-on-one match at WrestleMania 30, whatever the fuck this is, with Triple H. And it made no fucking sense. And in reality, with Triple H being such a wise ass and, and knowing the shit, the jokes that are on the internet and usually using them in promos, I expected him to ask Dave how big his dick was. I was disappointed. <laughs> nice. Um, I tell you, if, if Batista came out there and said, you know, I want that world title shine of a god, give me Brock Lesnar, I I think it would at least got a pop. Sure. You yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't have to go down that road, but just that idea, people would have reacted to it. Um, I do like the fact and, and, that... And, and even then, even then you get a better promo on a Triple H because Triple H can go, Hey, you think you're just going to walk in here and I'm going to hand you a title shot? The only thing I'm going to hand you is your ass at WrestleMania. Boom! Perfect. Yeah, that that was the other thing was he actually used that line, I'm not going to hand you everything. And it's <laughs> like, but but then he did. Yeah, then he did. Well, but, <laughs> but, but, but what are you well, handing him? The fucking... The, the prestige of facing Triple H at WrestleMania? What a yeah. crock of horse shit that was! Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the and concept's that was... a little backwards. I'll give you that. I, I did like the fact that when he came I out with security... I like the fact when he came out with the security, Triple H was like, let me guess, it's for my protection. And Batista was like, no, I'm, I'm not stupid. I, I learned from the two dirtiest players of the game. Where's your sledgehammer, Hunter? And Triple H was just like, hmm. 
Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, that, that was probably the best started. part of it, though. It went downhill from yeah. there. It, it yeah. was, it's, and then it got weird. It was, give me what I want. No, I don't want to give you what you want. Yeah, so that, that was a little weird. Did you that see the mashup somebody did on Squared Circle where they took the Spice Girls song? <laughs> <laughs> give me what I want. What I really, really want. It's fucking great. If you haven't seen it, go look for it. Yeah. So again, I mean, this this whole like promo between the two of them started off really good and then with them just screaming at each other over and over give me what I want so I'm not going to give it to you alright I'm going to give it to you that's fine we'll see you at Wrestlemania that was a little little odd and I felt like they could have done something else um, at that point to to get to them being in a match together um, you know you could have you could have had Triple H maybe fight a little bit harder for him to not be like oh all you have to do is just beg me a thousand times and then I'll give you what you want like does First Triple off. H own more than one, more than two jackets? Because when he's when he you yes, because sometimes he wears the leather one on top of the jean one. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the bigger question is, do you wear have more than one jacket, <laughs> more than two jackets? Because I only have two jackets. Well, I, I have a bunch of sweatshirts. Two different ones, but what I what I like is every time we're getting the game, the badass when he's really mad, he comes out with a leather jacket. But if he's not that mad, it's business suit time. <laughs> Well, he's got a show to run, dude. Dave, I mean business. I'm going to come up my leather jacket tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's what he kind of started his promo off was. You know, it's, this isn't about running a business. This is about taking care of his business kind of thing. So. Um, now, when Batista said, "I will continue. If you don't give me what I want, I will continue to hurt the people that you love," then Triple H should have said, "Like, no, I'm not." And then Batista should have like went back and grabbed Steph by the hair or something. I don't know if you go that far to begin <laughs> with. But I thought maybe Vince at that point, uh, or you, you know, or grab, I don't know, who else is really close to Triple Road H? Dog. Just like, grab Road Dog and just stop fucking, he, he's back. He to doesn't me. care about Road Dog. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be like, why'd you bring Fred Durst out here? <laughs> I don't, I don't have any personal connection to him. The Undertaker had his theme music. No, like, no, you, you could have. You could have done Shane, but I understand why why you don't want to do that. But you could have easily fucking had him drag Vince out of there. Oh, that would have been great. Because at least then that's something. Like, all right, I'll fuck this old guy up then. I like fucking old people apparently. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, speaking of fucking old people, uh, Vince. Uh, so Vince McMahon yet again doing more, um, some more dirty shit with Kofi Kingston there. Um, and Kofi pretty much called Vince a racist. Oh, not pretty much. He absolutely did call Vince a racist. I, the only thing that was missing was Kofi doing the next thing you're going to tell me is people like me don't win that championship. I, it, was, it was borderline to that. Um, but Vince didn't deny it. He no, he didn't. Not at all. No, 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 not at all. No, I thought... I Like, honestly, I... Really, really enjoyed um, the presentation of the New Day because I was terrified, petrified they were going to come back with fucking pancakes. And they needed to come out and be fucking serious and be pissed off and play it that way. And they've done it perfectly to a T. And really hats off to Big E because I think he really came across uh, more credible than I've seen him in a long, long time. But that was one of my points of concern to start the promo was that I felt that Big E and Woods were kind of taking over. And then Kofi grabbed the mic and was like, guys, I got this. And I thought he murdered it. He absolutely fucking murdered it. Yeah, no, and he became relatable 
and sympathetic and got exactly the tone and the point he needed. He didn't want a handout. He said, I'll earn it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, speaking of which, did they go too far? And then Vince pulled down his pants and went, you're going to join the club. Because uh, that's pretty much what he did. <laughs> I mean, would would anybody be upset if he was like, you have to be Randy Orton, and that was it? Because I would have been fine with that. Honestly, I, I, history. And, right. And the, 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 the beauty of the symmetry of Randy Orton being the one who sort of killed his push 11 years ago and now being the obstacle he has to get through in order. And I really hope when they do this gauntlet match that Orton is the last stop. That's fine, but I don't think you need five of the biggest, toughest guys. Five? Five guys to fight Kofi Kingston? That's they're, not really exactly believable. Well, I mean, he's, they're fighting, he's fighting them one-on-one. It's no different than what he did in the gauntlet a couple weeks ago. That's true. There we go. <laughs> See, no, I, I'm just saying, I, it doesn't bother me, but I get yelled at when I do that shit. So. Right. What kind of an asshole does that? All yeah. right. Uh, Troy, what did you think of Kofi and uh, Vince? Um, we'll see where it goes. Um, I think we, we know, obviously, the logical place it goes to, but um, it's it's kind of the Daniel Bryan storyline all over again. And it is. I don't. I don't really want to see it, and I don't. I don't want to see Kofi Kingston as champion. I'm sorry. Like I'd oh, rather see Kevin Owens or Jesus. Yeah, hate, on me, hate on me all you once, but you know what? This is because you said they were never putting that belt on him, and now you're seeing <laughs> now you're seeing the, the lights up ahead of you, and you want to be right. Um, you know, the only way I'd be okay with them putting the title on it is if they free bird it. Because no, they're not going to do that. No, okay, so my, there's two things. Number one, I hope they don't do what they did to Booker T at WrestleMania 19, where they build this up and then they just don't give him the title. Because <laughs> I could totally see Vince doing something Oh, like absolutely, that. yeah. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, you, you do... I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm okay with the WrestleMania moment of Kobe holding up the title. I'm very concerned about where they would go after that because I don't you think know, it's anything. Yeah. That can hold. You know where they, you know where they would go. He'd lose it at the next pay per view. That's Probably. where they go with you it. Know, or he loses it, it the fucking next night. Or he turns heel and beats up his brothers in the new day. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Biggie beats him up. Oh, there it is. Yeah, at I least like that would be something. That's that what they do. Cool. That that's the move. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Except for Jason's not booking this shit, and if he was, we would have had much better booking the past couple months. That's true. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a tale of two promos. Uh, because Ronda Rousey came out, um, incredibly pissed off, uh, and proceeded to mean mugging. Yeah, so he proceeded to to run down uh, Charlotte and and Becky, even calling them, um, oh, what was it? Horse. No, 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 it was uh, um, something carnies. Well, what does she call them again? Con, art- con artist carnies, I think. Con yeah. artist carnies, yeah. Um, but then, uh, so that promo was good. I thought it was great. I thought Rhonda killed it. But then again, there are other people who, when Rhonda is great, I tend to think she wasn't. And. That person so, hasn't weighed in, so we'll have to wait and see. Well, well, before you before you even get to that, um, I'm somebody that uses Bleacher Report. Um, I I use their 
um, you know, recaps to kind of look through the shows and stuff like that. They are super fucking critical of Rondo. Okay. Um, they put out articles daily on how WWE is ruining Rondo's heel turn and stuff like that. First of all, it's been one show, so I don't see that as a way that you can you can say that they've ruined her heel turn when it's only been for one fucking segment so far. But whatever. Um, so yeah, so Ronda Rousey has a pretty impassioned speech, and obviously, you know, she's been destroying kayfabe and. On, online and stuff of like that. This is what she should have been all along. That's the whole. That, yeah. This Which is what, is what I said last week. They're, they're ruining her. They're not. They're not ruining her. They're finally making her what she should have been. Yeah. The problem is they spent so much time with the other direction that now they're rushing this one, and they, it, right. it's coming across as rushed. Yeah. So that all was all good. Uh, then Dana Brooks music hit, <laughs> and Dana came out and very stiffly. Um, delivered a, a promo of her own, okay. starting off with, I'm not going to sit in the back and <laughs> let you talk about uh, us that way. Uh, <laughs> I, I am going to surprise you here a little bit, Troy. I'm going to disagree. I you actually, thought this was a great promo. I think it was great, but I thought it was good. I thought it... Uh, to, me, know, to me, it felt real and raw and emotional sort of like somebody really putting their heart out there in a non-scripted way no and no no 100 no, no, no. just speaking her mind um and, and getting all the emotions of being held back and kept down like she feels she has been um for a long time and it all came out and i thought it was i enjoyed it i thought it was the most uh I thought it was the best work Dana's Brooke, Dana Brooke has done in a long time. You're ribbing us, right? No, not at all. Go Dude, back and watch I it. I didn't get passion. Go I back got, and rewatch it. I'm Go back and rewatch re, it. I'm going to recite my lines word for word. Go back and rewatch it. it. I, I have. And here's then the thing. Go back and rewatch it again because you're missing it. All right. You know all what right. she came off as? She came off as Heath Slater is going to be mad and then he's going to get the shit kicked out of him by Brock. And that's the way I took that segment. What? Cause that it, she didn't sound like a, a like you really thought she was gonna be like, you never felt she was gonna actually be a threat to Ronda. No, that wasn't the was, point we, of the fucking well, promo, dude. No, we knew she wasn't gonna be a threat. Feel. We knew she was gonna get destroyed. Yeah, but her little temper tantrum of oh, I'm in the back and you me 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 shut the fuck up. You're the wrong person to talk. Like that is the wrong person. To Who the to fuck do should promo. talk about being in the back and feeling underutilized and underappreciated more than that woman? Dude, she she's. I think Alicia Fox would have did a better job. Alicia well, Fox has had TV time. It doesn't work. Well, let's let's be fair. They can't find Alicia Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Second, check, check under Michael Hayes' desk. Yeah. Second, Dana Brooke is the perfect person to have given this speech. My issue just was that to me, it didn't. It it, it felt a little scripted at first. Now, did she get better as the promo went along? Yes. Um, did I? Did I think that this accomplished much in terms of her? Probably not. She's probably going to disappear next week. So. If you no, no, I, I don't think it was. I, the segment wasn't done to build Dana Brooke. Let's make right. no illusions about that. But in terms of what she did, people, this is the problem: is that people complain everybody's so overscripted that when someone goes out and cuts a promo in the way a real person would cut a promo, not 
eloquently just jumping from word to word, taking a second, maybe pausing, trying to figure out the exact word that you want to say. The same way people talk when they're having a disagreement with someone, not knowing, stopping to find the right word. That was to me what came across. That's why I, that's why I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was, it felt genuine to me. And knowing following her on social media and seeing that she's actually posted these things and knowing that there was probably a lot of truth behind the words she was saying to me made it work. Like I said, she definitely was the perfect person to, to for this role because she has been, she has been underutilized. Um, she's somebody that has gone through a world of shit since being called up, um, not just from people on the internet, but also from just her storylines in general, stuff like that. This is someone that, when she was in NXT, was showing a lot of promise. In the last um, year, her boyfriend died. Like, she's yeah. gone through a lot lately. Right. Um, you know, we we talk about it a lot where, you know, when, when she first debuted on NXT, they were showing off the fact that this chick is in phenomenal shape. She would come out and do that little fucking flip leg thing that was impressive and stuff like that. She when she got that. brought up, but when she got back, got brought up to the to the main roster, they covered her up completely, which is still wrong. Like you show off a physique like that, you know? Like you well, don't, I think you she don't put on her. a little bit of weight at that point, and she was a little self conscious about it. Uh, she should, but they brought her up too soon. She wasn't ready to be brought up right. at that point, and then they didn't put her in a prominent role. They made her fucking Charlotte's apprentice or whatever the fuck it was. Well, then they put her with Paula Cruz and Titus O'Neil, and that was garbage too. Well, she was already she was already in, in the shit at that point. Yeah. That's so the thing, there's a shit ton of fucking people who got brought up from NXT that didn't get treated fairly. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but but who, but who on Raw takes that spot? Because everyone on Raw is utilized other than Dana Brooke. Yeah, which which woman cuts that promo yeah. better? You can't you, there you you can't name one of the person on Raw right now that hasn't been utilized to some extent. That that's a woman. They yeah. all have been, other than Dana Brooke. So unless that, it was that, EC3 cutting that promo, right? And you can't have Lacey Evans because she's new, and that that doesn't make any sense. You know, you can't have Natalia because she's been in a fucking program. Oh my know, god! So. Imagine Dana's walking down the aisle cutting this dramatic promo, and then Lacey just walks out halfway down the aisle, <laughs> stops, and goes back up. I actually would have enjoyed that. <laughs> Lacey, Lacey finally got got me to to kind of enjoy something that she did, and that was when she she put her fan in front of Renee Young's face when she was talking to the other two commentators. She was talking to Corey directly. She wasn't even looking at Michael Cole. Well, right. and, and Renee was putting over Lacey too. That was the other part. Yeah, of which it. was the funny part about it. That uh, and I love our truth calling her Mrs. Sassy Gloves. Yeah, sexy gloves. <laughs> no, sassy gloves because she says sassy on her thing. I'm pretty. I sure. thought he was like, "Come back, Miss Sexy Gloves." I'm no, no, we're not we're not at that edginess yet. Yeah. We're getting there, but we're not there yet. Um, so over on SmackDown, Randy Orton and AJ Styles had a little battle on the mic before fine, before booking themselves into a match because apparently they have the ability to do that. Um, we got some some good lines here, including Orton bringing up Dixie Carter, mm-hmm. <laughs> which which I enjoyed. Uh, so so Sal, uh, Orton and AJ, um, what what did you think about the promos from both of them there? I liked it. I love the direction that this is going to take because we know that Randy Orton has had this 
kind of social media feud with the indies for a couple of years now. I think AJ's the perfect person to put in that role opposite him. And even though you could tell they were going to do AJ versus Orton soon, the way they're presenting it now with the, you know, AJ representing the indies and, and Orton being the WWE guy, this was great. This is great stuff. This actually made me excited for a match I didn't think I'd be excited for. Um, I'm going to say something that I don't say very often on this show. I agree 100% with Sal. Oh. Um, no, I, I he, he nailed it because I had very little, if at all, interest into this match going into this promo. Right. And this promo made me want to see this match. These two both fucking killed it on the mic. They did exactly what they needed to do. They played exactly the right roles. And for several weeks, we've seen this thing of Orton interrupting AJ and talking shit to him. And that was doing nothing to make me interested. But when they got out in that ring and AJ did the, what, I'm supposed to be impressed by what, this? And he did Orton's pose. (laughs) He fucking had me from that point on. That was the moment. Um, And then, you know, you could... You you don't want to be in my world? Well, of course, because you couldn't survive in my world. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the fucking and lines back and forth were Running great. through Evolution and Legacy and Rated RKO and the Wyatt family, Wyatt I thought family. that was great. Um, I, I thought it was perfect. It was, it, and both guys got in shots, and both guys did exactly what they needed to do, and Orton made a great case for himself. And that's the thing. That, that's when these programs are at their best, when both guys have legitimate points. And you can look at either side and go, huh, I can kind of see where he's coming from. And that's exactly what this was. It was beautiful. Well, Orton, very valid, you know, saying, hey, you talk about this is the house that AJ built. I've been here for 14 fucking years, asshole. I was, I was, I was wrestling The Undertaker at WrestleMania while you were in bingo halls. <laughs> and then when he, you know, everybody's talking about it, but it, it deserves to be talked about. When they, when he said the line, I'm the landlord and the red yeah. do, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Huge pop. It was great. Yeah. But AJ never looked, you know, outclassed or, or outworded. He, he no. held his own. Perfect. And when he said, look around you, you're surrounded by my indie friends. I like, appreciate that, too, because it's true. Yeah. Look in that SmackDown locker room, dude. Yeah. No, it's very true. And they did a nice job of painting Randy Orton as sort of the last of that old guard of mm. the old-style WWE wrestlers. Yeah, you know, you... You really do kind of forget that this guy has been wrestling for 18 years. It really did. And like, and the fact that like all of that has been with WWE. As soon as he was kicked out yeah. of the military, he was he was a WWE guy, right. you know. And yeah, he's he's one of those guys, much like John Cena, much like a lot of the guys that that they brought up, that has only ever wrestled for OBW and and WWE, or only wrestled for NXT and WWE. So. It makes perfect sense that you've got a guy like AJ Styles who's been with WWE for what four years now. Three, I want to say three years. 2016, yeah. he debuted. So yeah, and and it's somebody that made a name for himself outside of WWE, something that you're not supposed to be able to do, or at least wasn't weren't supposed to be able to do during AJ Styles' time. So this is a tailor-made you know storyline between these two guys. They are AJ Styles is before Cody Rhodes, obviously like the the quintessential like indie guy who could make it really fucking big and eventually mm-hmm. came to WWE and Randy Orton is your quintessential WWE guy that's always been WWE and of course as I mean, Jason said has looked down on, on indie wrestlers for a long fucking time I mean of course mm-hmm. AJ Styles was actually an old WCW guy but we'll forget about that part for like a, like a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a dark match like yeah. 
I mean, Tommaso Ciampa. He was on Funday, but he was an old WWE guy hey, too. Tommaso Ciampa was the Undertaker, was fucking <laughs> somebody's lawyer. Okay, got Tombstone yeah. the Undertaker. Right. I think so, there's uh, a great deal for AJ too because he was kind of losing his foot and since he lost the title. Yeah, agreed. And that's always the hardest thing for for creative and for the talent is that next thing after you're done in the title program, after <laughs> you've lost the belt and you've had your rematch and you're coming down and and how do we keep you strong while building you back up to that level and I think this is a program that could really do that for him I'm actually very much in favor of this so we are going to talk some NXT so we're probably going to get into some taping spoilers too here so Sal um, so, if you want to dip out for a few minutes you know yeah no I'm good I just I don't I know what Troy posted I don't I didn't read anything but I'll go with it I mean I kind of figure anyway so well, we're specifically going to talk about um, the NXT Championship because some big developments happened there. So now, if you didn't listen to NXT Revisited or didn't watch NXT, um, we got the like what will right now be the final chapter in the Johnny Gargano versus Ch- Tommaso Ciampa storyline as Johnny feigned a knee injury, um, wound up costing DIY the chance to go to take over and go for the tag team championships, even though one of them is the NXT champion, whatever, um, and was able to outsmart Tommaso Ciampa and turn on him and beat his ass a little bit. Threw him into the sign so hard that he had to have spinal fusion. Yes, exactly. So we had just the perfect storytelling there. A great, like, fucking goosebump-inducing finish to, to yesterday's episode. And we're not going to get anything else out of it for a good year. And it sucks because this this is a such a great storyline going forward and everything like that. Sprinkled in with some weirdness by having the two of them be DIY on the main roster, but whatever. Um, but so now we do know from the tapings that... Um, Triple H announced that, hey... Now, now this, this does contain spoilers for like the next three weeks of NXT television, too. So if you do don't want to hear this, I would say fast-forward through you know the next ten minutes or so. Yeah, the next ten minutes. Yeah. That, that sounds good. Um, so yeah, so um, with Tommaso Ciampa being injured and being out, Johnny Gargano needs somebody to face, so they decided to have a match to determine who would face him at NXT TakeOver New York. And it was Adam Cole Bebe. versus Bebe. Um, versus Jesus Christ, I don't fucking remember who it was that now they faced each other. It was Alice Velveteen Dream was in there. Uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, I want to say Hold on, I'm bring- Black and Ricochet. Okay. So it was uh, Ricochet versus Adam Cole versus Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. Fucking nailed it! There you go. Um, So um, the match at TakeOver will be a two out of three falls match. Um, Now this is... simulation match with new heat. Well, they've got a couple of weeks. And they do do some building up of it on on the next couple of weeks. Because Because next week's match will be that match. Right. That, that that kicks off the next episode of NXT. Um, so we are going to get um, you know a, a match up there. 
Johnny and the winner of that of that match. Yeah, we don't need to spoil the winner, I guess. No, we don't need to spoil that much. Um, and that and that's going to be the direction for the NXT Championship. All right. I am going to spoil something in a minute, though. Go ahead. Okay. Now, to me, obviously, they're doing what they can on this because obviously we were we were fucking rock hard, like going to need to see a doctor is lasting longer than four hours. Uh, rock hard for Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa at NXT TakeOver in New York. And instead, we're going to get Johnny Gargano against somebody who won a Fatal 5-Way match. Now, that's not to say that it's not going to be a great match. NXT puts on great matches. Johnny puts on great matches. The guy that he's going to be facing up against will do a great job and everything like that. And regardless of what happens in that match, whoever is the next NXT champion, either one of those two people are great NXT champions going forward. Uh, if it's the if it's not Johnny, it's somebody that I totally called, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see that. Um, but yeah, so this is one of those kinds of cases where we have the hottest storyline in NXT right now ruined by injury, and that really fucking sucks. Like, there's no other way to put that because most of the time when we have these kind of big injuries, we're able to you know to kind of write things off here and there or or figure out something different here. Thankfully, the injury did take place where they before the the last set of tapings before it, so at least they could do something like this. Not that it was like you know he he hurt his neck the day before the match or something like that. So at least we get something in the lines of that. Um, but go ahead, Jason. You had more to say. Uh, so my issue wasn't even so much with this. I, I so again, this is going to be spoiled. I am going to give away the winner of a match here. So if you're not interested in knowing that, please, you've been warned multiple times. Now it's on you if you stick around. Um, so, we get the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And it ended up being Aleister Black and the Forgotten Sons. And that was how we ended the last set of tapings. Nope, I, Aleister Black and Ricochet. Sorry, Aleister Black and Ricochet versus the Forgotten Sons. Yep. Um, so, when I, I remember when I read that, I was like, okay, so I guess they're going to have the Forgotten Sons sort of run the table and, and go to take over and try to build them into a, a legitimate threat for... Uh, War Raiders. Well... Right, so... The winners of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic are Aleister Black and Ricochet, who will now go to take on War Raiders at... So, for those of you scoring at home, Ricochet and Aleister Black are now in the tag title mix on every brand in the company. Um, Now, here's my problem with this. Well, I have a couple problems with this. First of all, <laughs> first of all, this is out, out of four years we've done the Rust Dusty Rhodes Classic. Half the time it's been a non-tag team that's won the tag team classic. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. first off, I have an issue with that. Uh, second, right. second of of all, if if you're not pushing the Forgotten Sons to that point, why the fuck are they going over Mustache Mountain? Because to me, if I'm looking at a finals to the tournament, Mustache Mountain versus Salister Black and Ricochet is a far more appealing matchup. By far! And if you're going to use it as a vehicle to elevate the Forgotten Sons, great, go ahead and do that. But if you're not doing that, give me the best match on the way, and the best match you could get from that side of the bracket was Mustache Mountain versus Ricochet and Black. Fucking horrible booking from NXT, and that's not something I say often. Well, and the, only thing I can, the only thing I can think is that they wanted to have you think forgotten sons were going over because conventional wisdom would tell you what's well, got to be the heel team that goes against the face war raiders but um uh, i will i will agree 
half with Jason and half not. Um, I would have been very... Way to take a stand there. Well, because you brought up two separate points. I would have been very disappointed if the fucking Forgotten Sons were facing the War Raiders at TakeOver. It's not a TakeOver match. They're not good enough to be in that spot. They should have never fucking advanced in the tournament to begin with, if we're being honest. Um, That being said, I... The minute Black and and Ricochet were in this tournament, even just by me watching this week's episode of NXT, I kind of figured Black and Ricochet were going to win because the crowd doesn't give a shit about the Forgotten Sons, and you got to get Black and Ricochet at the last takeover before they get called up permanently. So that part I don't really have a problem with. That seemed to always be the end game. It just why because the Dusty you, Classic is just a is a vehicle for their storylines. It's not like a real tag team tournament in their eyes. But it they've fucking should it be. But they've never used it that way. But they have. They did that with AOP. Yeah. Well, they, this this one also had the the tag team title, you know, a- afterwards too. So you know, I'm I'm with you on that. Like. This this is supposed to be about you know the the, well, the first one obviously Finn Balor and Samoa winning that's fine because there was nothing really on the line but yeah the the next three have all been either for the championship or for a chance to go for the championship you know the undisputed era won the the tag team classic and won the NXT championships you know tag team championships right so it would no, the only... undisputed era were already the tag team championships and. The acting champions, I believe, and then the winner of the Dusty Classic faced them. No, 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 no. They they interfered in the finals of the yeah. Dusty Classic. Then they made it a triple threat. That's right. That's for the right. belts and the and the Dusty Classic, yeah. and they, but so it, they, but they it, weren't actually in the tournament, and they ended up yeah. winning the tournament. Right. Well, which yeah, shows yeah. you the, which shows you how they booked this tournament. Right. right. Yeah. So I get it that from the sense of like, well, it's. You know the it's Dusty Rhodes and he's the Dusty Finish guy. You know the guy who doesn't. You know you don't know. He, he, let, let me let me tell you. Let me let me give you an idea. Nobody wins. Nobody right. wins, baby. You know. So I get that. But yeah, it's at this point it's like it's just a joke. And like this one has been really fucking weird because at least the past one <clears> they <throat> have have had obviously more teams for one thing. You know, having it yet again just be you know, four first round matches like it was last year, like you you're really kinda cutting the balls off your own tournament, you know? Right. And then that, to that point I do agree with Jason that give me Mustache Mountain versus Black and Ricochet. Much better match. And if the tournament means nothing, then fuck it. Just give me the best matches then. <laughs> I also enjoy the first tournament was the the birth of uh Corbett and Glorbin. For us, because it was Baron Corbin and Rhino. Corbin, yeah. Um, man, just looking at some of these names: Angela Dawkins and Sawyer Fulton. What? Yeah, (laughs) dude. Like the first Dusty Classic was really good, and then after that, it was just like, let's get Shane Thornton and um, Nick Miller involved, but not have them win. It. Oh, they made it to the end, and the Authors of Pain were a team that they needed to kind of put over. This is obviously the probably the worst thrown together Dusty Classic they've done. Um, you guys are going to sit here and tell me, though, that Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Royal Raiders isn't going to be awesome. We're not saying it's not going to be awesome. We're saying that it's nonsensical. 
I'm, yeah. I'm saying that there's no possible fucking expectation that War Raiders lose that match. Right. And that's not TakeOver style. TakeOver style, you can see every match going either way. That's True. part of what's made TakeOver so great. This is a WWE-level booking for a pay-per-view, where it's, yeah. a, it's a predetermined conclusion what the fuck's going to happen before the pay-per-view ever starts. Right. Uh-huh. We're, not, we're not sure what's going on with the, with the NXT title. Either one of those guys could win it. You know, um, even, even before that, either one of those guys could win it. Whereas Aleister Black and Ricochet are on the main roster and are going to be assigned a roster spot after WrestleMania. So probably not going to win the NXT tag titles. Just saying. Okay, if we went with the original match we were supposed to get for the NXT championship and you're telling me that we're doing the fourth installment of... Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano, and Johnny doesn't win that title, that's a little unbelievable. You know I what I mean? I completely believe that Johnny would not, could not win that championship. Yes. Because it, it's storyline-wise. You know? Now, is would it would it be probably a good, uh, a, a good percentage of a chance that he would win it? Yes. But there is still that, that doubt where you're like, well, maybe... But here I'm like, you're thinking, there's no fucking way that they're going to put the tag titles on two guys that are not going to be here the next week. They're not. They're done. They're done with NXT. They have said their, they have all but said their goodbyes at this point because they're going to be assigned to Raw. No, they've said their goodbyes. Yeah, yeah. they actually already. They did their last. Uh, yeah. That was their last appearance with that taping. Right. Um, so we, so we know the we we know it's a foregone conclusion for that championship match, and we just had a tournament that dominated three straight fucking episodes mm. for nothing. Okay, coming out of um, Takeover Phoenix, right? Yeah. Who else would you put against the War Raiders at the WrestleMania Takeover? Literally anyone else. <laughs> you want a list? European Union. Mustache no. Mountain. Mustache uh, yeah, Mountain. I would be fine with Mustache Mountain. That would have been fine. I don't think the European Street Union. Profits. No, no, no. Against the fucking War Raiders? We're having a, fa- a face team against them right now, and Street Profits are not exactly a face team. Those aren't exactly good. <laughs> oh, Street Profits are over, dude. It doesn't matter how good you are. Like, what matters if you're over. Know, but that's but the dude, thing, dude that's the, the thing. If you never bring now. one of these teams up and put them in that spot, they're never going to be credible enough to be in that spot in the future. So you would have been fine if at TakeOver New York they booked in, at these tapings the Forgotten Sons versus oh my God. War Machine. How, how many times do we need to have this dis- this discussion, this debate, Sal? Yes. You can put anybody in that spot if you build to the match correctly. The, the, the biggest difference is, is there's a possibility that Blake and Cutler win those championships. Right. What's more is if they do, you have now created another con- contender, another th- credible threat in the tag team division instead of two thrown together guys who are not going to be here the next week. And do you want, do you want to know why you can, you can credibly say that those guys could win those championships? Captain Riker. Cause, well, yes, but... Cause vaude villains, cause Blake and Murphy. That tag title has always been sort of carried off by an upset. Yeah. Those teams were. Those teams are actually good. <laughs> Blake and Murphy were not special. Let's be. Let's be real. Alexa made that team special. Yeah. They, they had, and they were good in tandem. I mean, they're good tandem. You know. 
Oh, by well, the way, so, one of those guys well, is in the Forgotten Sons who you just shit all over. I can't yeah. see the Forgotten Sons. They're boring. They suck. That's, they're awful. I understand it, but their matches are not. Because Cutler and Blake are a good tandem together. Now, their gimmick is kind of kind of retarded, and Jackson Riker definitely should see a therapist. But, again... <laughs> yeah, speaking a, of which, they, they have their new. own fault for that gimmick, because you take uh, you know, the concept of veterans from Desert Storm or, or whatever, or Afghanistan, and you make them heels? Yeah, but what what's, what's the alternative? The same old shit. You have Undisputed Era go against them again? We've seen that before. By the well, way, if anybody out there hasn't listened to last night's NXT Revisited, go and listen to it, because Troy fucking kills it with the recap of the uh, Forgotten Sons match. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate what did you, that. Never mind. I won't ask you on that because and then it'll just ruin it for anybody who wants to go listen to the episode. But what were you going to say? What did you say backwards in that episode? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> um, it was inappropriate. Uh, so speaking <laughs> speaking of tag teams, let's go ahead and talk about the women's tag team championships. Now, everyone was fucking jerking their dicks off over the fact that we we're finally going to get women's tag team championships and. We sat there and said, oh, man, fucking Sasha Banks and Bailey are going to work fucking three shows. They're going to go down to NXT tapings, and they're going to be on, on a couple episodes of that. They're going to go up to Raw. They're going to be on every week. They're going to be on SmackDown every week. They're going to be like the old days when you used to have traveling champions. And then they proceeded to continue to, to look at their sheet. <clears throat> what am I doing this week, Sasha? Uh, okay, well, looks like I'm going on to the NXT tapings. Okay, okay. Uh, looks like I'm on the next four Raws. Looks like there's only one SmackDown in here. Is this is this right? Uh, are we only booked for SmackDown once? Because I know there's teams teams over there. No, no, no. they've been on SmackDown zero times. They have yeah, not. Unless you know spoilers that we don't know. <laughs> I thought they were on SmackDown once. No, no. Oh. The, the thing on it says they've appeared on NXT more than SmackDown, and they've only appeared on NXT once. Yes, exactly. They're on two episodes of NXT. No, no. Right. Okay. Well, so apparently we got we. That was a mistake on on our call sheet here. We're actually not appearing on SmackDown at all because no, apparently it was, they don't. It was, it was correct. You just read it wrong. Um, <laughs> so no, I, I legitimately thought they were on NXT more than once. Um, so yeah, so Sasha Banks and and Bailey, who have you look at SmackDown and we have the Iconics, a natural team for them to feud with. Um, I get why you don't have, um, you know, fire and ice sort of like that, whatever the fucking names are. <laughs> Song of Ice and Fire. I understand why you don't have the, have those two feet, because they're in their own little storyline. But you have the Iconics. Which, they, I don't know if you caught this, or I don't know if it was on the thing that you read about SmackDown, the review or the recap, but the Iconics called out Sasha and Bailey on SmackDown. Yeah. And they didn't show up. <laughs> I well, it's week one, dude. We got we got three more weeks before Mania, so you know maybe they will. Look, it, if if Sasha and Bailey hold these titles for a long period, I can see them, you know, going in between feuds for a couple months, feuds on Raw, for a couple months, feuds on SmackDown, for a couple spot shows on NXT to pop a number, and I'm fine with that. Right now. For reasons that are unfortunate, they've kind of doubled down on their raw feuds because in the gorilla position they attacked uh, Tamina and Nia after they had just fought with Beth and, and Natalia. So it seems like we're going all raw for that right now. Yeah, 
Of course we are, because Raw is the, is the show that matters. And until we get to October, SmackDown memes will fuck all. True. That being said, I, I think the Iconics find their way into this match, you know, at Mania. So, if they win it, that'd be great, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens. I, I don't know that they do. I don't see an entry point for it at this point. They've. I, this is sort of the point. Like, if you're going to go the route of bringing in um, Legends have the Legends feud with the Champions. Because basically the Legends in this match, in Beth Phoenix and Natalia, are feuding with Tamina and Nia. But because yeah. Tamina and Nia are feuding with Becky and Sasha, sort of Bailey. the belts get... Sorry, Bailey and Sasha. Sort of the belts get brought in by proxy. It's not that Natalia and Beth are saying, we want a shot at the belts. It's we want a shot at Naya and Tamina, and the belts happen to be there, and that's a shitty way to book a new title. Well, yeah, that's why I completely don't get them having Bailey and Sasha attack Naya and Tamina. You ended it. You ended it at Fastlane, so fucking end it. Like you bought Tamina and Naya into a different storyline, so let them be in a different storyline with Beth and Natalia, and let Bossy Hugs go do something else. Well, don't get why you have to have these people all in the match. I don't disagree with you, but you got to also remember how many women's tag matches do you think they're really going to get on WrestleMania? Yeah. That's true. Well, yeah, but but you know what? Beth and Nia, I mean, Beth and um, Natalia and Nia and Tamina, that could be a built-in Battle Royal storyline. That does not have to have its own separate match. Well, I don't think they're bringing Beth back for a Battle Royal spot. No. No, they're bringing her back for an actual match, which she does look great. Let's not, let's not, you know, bury the lead there. Jacked. <laughs> she had the cutoff shirt on Monday. I was like, wow, she's been fucking going. Look at those guns. Well, you know, one of them's got to work out. <laughs> is that a shot at Natalia? Because she <laughs> yeah, had a shot hard. What? No, there was a shot at Edge. Oh. Oh, I thought he was making a shot at Natalia just because he hates her. No, I mean, I will do that day in and day out, but. <laughs> Uh. Okay. Oh, is there more show? Okay. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if someone else has anything to say. It is time for the last time that we will discuss the shield fisting each other. Until the next. Because time. no, you. because they're done. <laughs> we're, we're, I, I didn't. Did I say this is the last time we're going to talk about fisting? No, because it's not. I said this is the last time we're going to talk about the shield fisting each other. Uh, All right. I, can see, I, can see, I can see the main event of, of uh, Money in the Bank in, in May being S.H.I.E.L.D. involved. <laughs> Swerve! <laughs> Look, I kind of feel bad for Roman, because um, I understand he, he came back you know, when stuff was already in motion for Mania, but this whole S.H.I.E.L.D. thing is a waste of time. And for them to keep going with it on Monday was also a waste of time. And obviously, Seth's preoccupied, so just Ted Dean get beat up again. It's getting kind of old. I honestly, this was a big pile of nothing for me. Um, I I sort of liked the uh, the spot where Drew jumped in, jumped Roman, and I'm actually interested in seeing that match. I think it could be fun, and I liked. The spot where Ambrose 
vehemently went in and wanted that match to sort of defend his brother. I thought that was a nice nice touch. Um, but largely, most of this felt sort of insignificant. Um, I will say this. Let me pose you to this, this question. Drew McIntyre assaults a recovering cancer patient. Yeah. But in the process, saves us from a Baron Corbin match. Were his sure. actions moral? Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I say yes, because... <laughs> The entire time I was watching it, I'm like, I was like, well, they, Corbin's gonna definitely get involved in this, and then he didn't, and I was like, oh, we didn't have to see Baron Corbin for the rest of the show. He had one segment. That's yep. all he had. Yeah. So I, for one, applaud our new Scottish overlord. <laughs> well, that's the problem. If we don't see Baron Corbin and they run with a Roman versus Drew program. The entire program, including the match of Mania, I'm going to be like, well, when's Corbin showing up? Because I know it's going to happen, and it's going to be awful when he does. Well, he'll be in the, be in the Andro theme. Can um, we just, like, kill him off? Like a pencil bobber? Well, you know, um, the other thing here, too, was uh, I, I was going to talk about it during Fastlane, but I kind of forgot about it. Um, you know, was this, this stupid booking of um, Braun Strowman actually resulted in him not being on his first pay-per-view in 18 fucking months. He had and not having a straight shows, and he didn't have a match. And, he, and right now, he's not booked for Mania. I was going to say, he's so, not going to get a match. Braun, Braun Strowman. Braun, did you say Braun Strowman hasn't been on 18 consecutive pay-per-views? Braun Strowman was on 18 consecutive oh, pay-per-views. Oh, okay, sorry. He was not on Fastlane. He was not on Fastlane, and guess what? He's not going to be on Mania in a match either. Uh, well, he's he's taking on Colin Jost and Michael Che. Neither was Nicholas, but he got a tag title out of it, so... He'll most likely be in the Androphy as well. No, probably not. Probably just a couple backstage segments with the SNL guys. Well, he might keep it be on both. Alright, all this aside, all the S.H.I.E.L.D. shit aside, I do like the idea of Drew versus Roman. You know, now you, you might even play up this Roman has a concussion thing into Mania and have Drew... Go off of that, and which should get Drew a lot of heat. So I'm off of that. Yep. Well, the bigger thing too is that it seems like he may have retired Dean Ambrose. Yep. Eh, so. <laughs> yeah, but well, I did love that spot where he like jammed a pen into his head, and Renee's like, "Oh my god!" That's great. I'm gonna I like rub my tits he, against that later. Come on. <laughs> I like the spot where he hit, uh, he low blowed Ambrose in front of Renee, and she's like, "Oh come on!" <laughs> I really wish just one time, for old time's sake, before he left, he came out one time with Titty Master on his wristband. Right. That's wrist Well, what are they gonna do about it at this point? Right. Exactly. Yeah. We want the so, yeah, birth so... of the Titty Master one more time. That's the reunion I want to see. Dean go. Ambrose and that nickname. All right, those, moving on. Those are, those are some <laughs> lovely titties. Uh, but yeah, so you know, Drew McIntyre destroyed Dean Ambrose. And then it seemed as if it seems as if we ran out of time on the broadcast because like Dean Dean Ambrose gets back up and then like uh, McIntyre kicks him down and then they immediately cut to black. And I was like, oh, apparently we were Alistair? just out of time. <laughs> huh? Yeah, they, the black. No, we didn't cut. Black. cut. <laughs> Why didn't he put him through the announce table? Wasn't that like the whole point of the segment? Uh, no, it's to get to that railing. Yeah, it was get to it was get to that railing is what it was. That railing that oh my god he's stuck in the railing. Stop it. No, no he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He could literally like slide back. Like, <laughs> I will say that they they used that it was not a good use of the railing. Go back and watch that Sasha Banks Charlotte Falls Count anywhere. She did the bank statement through the railing. That was a good, use of, a good use of the railing. Exactly. 
Well, the thing was wobbling when Dean Ambrose got into it. Yeah. So, hold on, let me hold it up. Okay, uh, okay. All right, but uh, anyways, so at this point, um, we want to have every single champion on Raw. Uh, please raise your hand. Not so fast, Finn. <laughs> uh, so Finn Balor defended his championship against Bobby Lashley. Mommy. And this was Finn's first title defense, right? Second. He defended against Second. Leo Rush. That's right. He did defend against Leo Rush. I keep forgetting that. Uh, so he was, Finn was dominating, the, or not dominating the match, but Finn was, was close to winning the match when suddenly the ring bell started to ring, which would signify the end of the match, even if it's somebody else ringing the bell. Nah, the referee didn't call for it. Oh, no, yeah. We've and done Leo, that before. Yeah, Leo Rush was out there wailing away on the bell. Before finally coming up onto the apron, uh, Finn kill, kicks, kills him with a kick, gets back in, uh, gets speared, and then loses his championship belt. Now, the referee apparently had no problem with Leo Rush's involvement whatsoever. Didn't call for the disqualification or anything of that by all the distractions, stuff like that, but I guess... He didn't touch him! He touched him. <laughs> no, but yeah. Leo did not touch Finn. It's not like he attacked him or anything. Well... Even so, this was a dumb way. This made Finn look fucking retarded. Well, yeah, that that's true. <laughs> so, so Bobby Lashley yet again, your IC champion, and who gives a shit? See, ya. yeah. Was that was that a a Mexican yes that you just gave me, or <laughs> or or great? Oh, I'm on the wrong show. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, I look. I'm going to put my faith in the notion that this is to build to something bigger. Uh, um, some type of a rematch at Mania where we get the demon, perhaps. Okay. Um, but short of that, like, if, if you just take this and stand on it its own and just judge this one thing, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I do have a feeling this is to build to something for Mania. In their history, in the past few years, I wouldn't be surprised if both guys end up in the under- intro for the Giant. No, I think no, no, no. The Intercontinental Title match has become fairly prominent part of the WrestleMania card every year. We we are most likely getting uh, the the ladder match again because last year we had that Seth and Miz Joe match that sort of stole the show, and then you had Zack Ryder with the ladder match. And there's always the Intercontinental Title match is always a big spot on the Mania card. No, it was Seth. It was Seth, Miz, and Finn last year for the IC title. That's right. And then they added Joe at the Saudi Arabia Blood and Sand show. That's right. Um, nice. this year with Bobby holding it, I don't see any other feuds, so if if we do Finn again, great. I'm hearing rumors they have other plans for Finn. I don't know. I well, just, if they if they have other fans, other plans for Finn, we have plenty of people that Bobby Lashley can face off against, you know. Leo! We have, no, Leo is with him now. Um, but we've got Elias still kicking around, not doing anything yet. You've got Braun Strowman if you want to try to put him into a lower, uh, match with somebody. John Cena. Uh, you do have John Cena. Do 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 do. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of different options there that you can go with. Um, so yeah, so if you're looking at it as they're they're going to do something else, you know, Finn's going to be in a higher profile match, maybe not a title match, but a higher profile match, like maybe against the Undertaker um, or against John Cena or or something like that. I can see that. Or if he's just going to, if they just want to have it where Finn re- gets his title back at Mania. They to do, be kind of the big thing. If they do Finn versus The Undertaker, Deadman versus The Demon, A, is one time I'll be anticipating an Undertaker match, and B, mm-hmm. Finn Balor better fucking win that match. True. 
Yeah, but it has to be the demon fin, right? Like, because it right. makes the most sense, right? Right, exactly. Um, and and I'm okay with fifty something year old Undertaker having another match, even though he doesn't look very good anymore by the past few times he's wrestled. But I mean, but it's Finn is Taker, a... it's Mania. I'll, I'll I'll roll with it. You know, Finn is a guy that could that can get a good match out of somebody like him too. Yeah, and it would be a huge like, hey, how many guys have been Taker Mania, they don't look like Finn. They're not the size of Finn, the two that have. So it would be a huge deal if he did beat him in Mania. Um, Maybe we'll see what happens. Uh, But as as Jason said, if you just look at it for what what it is, what we saw on Monday, ugh. (laughs) Wow. All right, so we go from a future Hall of Famer to the current Hall of Fame. Now, we've been largely kind of forgetting about talking about the Hall of Fame because nobody gives a shit. But we've got a couple of people now that have been announced for it. Um, breaking news, DX is getting put Holy in. shit! DX is in? I know. I With know. Rick Rude? No. Oh. <laughs> so it will be the New Age Outlaws. Um, nope, it's not, is it? Yes. Oh, no, it's all of them, yeah. yeah. New Age Outlaws, China. He's on the poster. Whether he shows up or not, I guess yeah. it's up to Cody. X-Pac, Sean, and Triple H. It's, it's the five core members of DX. Which of course includes China. So this is their kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, sticking just the tip in to get her into the to the Hall of Fame. It's not it's not her singles in, inductee into it, but at least you will be able to say China is a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was announced that Tori Wilson um, was going to be in as the female. I know this got a lot of shit um, from a lot of people um, because obviously you know they they looking for more of the of the women that can actually wrestle but Molly all of them Holly. are actually they're looking for molly holly they're looking for molly holly yeah because she's she's kind of the last one that hasn't been put in that could actually wrestle um but people need to well, kind sable's of remember not in. sable can't wrestle it's a woman's champion um i didn't say that you're it's like you're not listening to me <laughs> i'm talking about people that can actually work that's that's who who people have been wanting in, and that's what, what they get with Trish Stratus and Lead and stuff like that. Really or is she going in with DX? <laughs> you mean you you already fucked up your own joke because you're talking about Tori with an I. Tori with a Y is the one that's going in. No, Tori with an I E is the one going in. Yeah, T O R I was DX Tori. T-O-R-R-I-E is this Tori Wilson. Okay. So There's nobody with a Y. So let's move on. Anyways. I have no problem with Tori going in. None at all. I, I always found her entertaining for obvious reasons. But even other stuff, you know, she had a good, solid, what, six years, seven years uh, with the WWE. She did stuff in WCW. I, I really don't have a problem with Tori going in. I have a problem with them putting her in because they need a woman and they looked around and they were like, well, who's available? Well, yeah, that's this is different. But. This has always been the Hall of Fame, though. This has always been their case: is that they're not putting in the best of the best. They're putting in the people they are on good terms with, or mm-hmm. the people they feel can sell tickets to their physical Hall of Fame, or can sell tickets to their Hall of Fame inductee ceremony. Yep. So yeah, so you need to look at it like that because Owen Hart is not in. Mm-hmm. He would be if it wasn't for Martha. And if it wasn't for all that shit, you know? Well, it's funny you said people who they're on good terms with, because there's a lot of scuttlebutt 
since January that because it was in Brooklyn uh, that Taz was going to be the one of the people that gets inducted. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. They don't like him. They don't play nice with him right now. It's not going to fucking happen. And to this point, it hasn't. And I'm not surprised because they're not really on good terms. Yeah. You know, he has a radio show where he's very critical and very honest about what he thinks of the product and what he thinks of Triple H and how he puts what? himself in storylines a little bit too often. And I can imagine that not playing too nicely in the offices in Stanford. When do we get the uh, announcement of Kim Kardashian to the Celebrity Wing of the Hall of Fame? Probably next week. It, it should be next week, yeah. Okay. Um, so so we, then, have, we have Tori, we have Honky Talk Man, we have DX, and then this week was the Harlem Gloss over Honky Tonk Man, but okay. I said Honky Tonk Man. said Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, but I was... Honky Tonk Man and Troy Wilson, and now yeah, I was I was going through them, and we were, we were having a conversation of all of them, and then you're just oh, like, Honky Tonk Man's in. <laughs> Anyways, Honky Tonk Man's in, even though he's kind of a piece of shit. And then, yeah, then, then we learned that Harlem Heat was going to be in. Um, so, of course, it prompted me to make numerous jokes about Booker T dropping the N-bomb. Um, but yeah, so Stevie Ray apparently is still alive, news to me. Uh, but him and Booker T are going to go in, and now Booker T is a two-time Hall of Famer. Mm. Both um, him and Shawn Michaels becoming two-time Hall of Famers at this event. And, and Ric Flair. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, Shawn Ric Michaels Flair, at this yes. event. Yeah, yep, yes. yeah. Uh, they, those two are joining Ric Flair right. as two-time Hall of Famers. Yeah. I, I honestly have no problem with the Hall of I, I like this. Hall of Heat was great for many, many years in WCW. Um... They, they were a dominant tag team. They were a fun tag team to watch. I like the but, split. I love Harlem Heat, and do not get me wrong. I have no problem with Harlem Heat in the Hall of Fame. Harlem Heat getting the spot this year ahead of the Hart Foundation, I take a little bit of an issue with. Harlem Heat getting the spot above Demolition. Demolition, I can understand, though, because of that whole concussion lawsuit. And the yeah, they're, they're not going to get it. They don't play nice with them right now. I right, get that. Right. Um... So here's the problem with the Hart Foundation, and you know this to be true. As much as they would want to honor Jim the Anvil Nightheart, their relationship with Brett is always kind of on again, off again. Incorrect. They have a good relationship with Brett right now? Yes. Uh, I I hear him be very critical of of Triple H in general. He's critical of everything. He's a surly old man. That's a 4 out of 10. (laughs) But he's he's shown up on their you know their program and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you're looking at that you don't have the Hart Foundation in there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you're looking at Harlem Heat, a ten-time WCW Tag Team Champions. They are you know essentially the uh, the Dudley Boys of WCW when Dudley Boys were going through ECW and WWE and stuff like that. So definitely a, a deserving team for sure. No doubt. Um, you know and. Again, like I said, we we're not sure um, Stevie Ray's condition at this point. If he's still Wasn't alive. he there when well, Booker got inducted? No, they had they had a beef. They were estranged for a long time, and then they they've since reconciled. So they will be uh-huh. accepting together, which is good. Good to hear. They uh, they wrestled together um, a couple of years ago. Wow. Uh, for, on, for uh, Booker, yeah, uh, reality of wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, now, Stevie Ray never match. got signed or went to WWE, even during the invasion, right? Right. Correct. Okay. Hmm. Although his Fruit Booty nickname was still one of my favorites. <laughs> no, he, uh, yeah, he he never really did anything after um, WCW. He was a member of the NWO. I said after WCW closed down. Oh. Yeah. He never um, did 
he was Sal was saying he never signed with WWE and stuff like that. Yeah, he never went anywhere after WWE closed well, down. Well, now he, he gets just... to charge more money for autographs at conventions. All yeah, right, exactly. moving on. How he can put... wait, 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 before we move on, they keep showing all these Harlem Heat promos during the announcement of their uh, induction, and I just keep waiting for the one with Booker T drops the end pop to pop up. Well, clearly, that's not going to be the case. So hold on a second. As we continue to talk about. Um, we talked earlier in the Hall of Fame segment about women who, actual wrestlers who could go in the Hall. How about Bull Nakano? Oh, for sure. Why is I, that? Why is she I, not in there? Yet? She will be. Uh, you know, I Over don't see. Over though. Yeah, but like you, like Troy said earlier, it's 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 who they're playing nice with at the moment, and maybe they have no relationship with Bull Nakano at the moment. Well, no, they limit themselves to one woman every year, so. Yeah. Which well, is that's a what I mean. Strategy in life too. They have Tori, like on good terms. They just had her in the Rumble and all the PR she did for uh, Evolution. So the the WWE doesn't have any beef with Nakano. The problem is, is the Nakano isn't a name that sells tickets. Right. Exactly. Al- Alundra Blaze sells tickets. You know. How many tickets like, does Tori Wilson sell? Really? Come on. I think I think it pops a number. You know? A bunch oh, of, a, a bunch pops of a boner. That's about all it pops. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of dudes that twerked to her. But you got to remember, I mean, is Bull Nakano, Nakano really a, a, a Hall of Famer? She won the championship yeah. one time. There will be people you know? cranking it like like Troy cranks it to Gene Smart. But other than that, there's not a whole lot there. Boy, that's a deep pull. Um, <laughs> but again, said. like I said, I mean... That's, that's, know, only, that's, that's only less, less than 100 episodes ago. Come on. Well, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... You can you can say what you will about Bull Nakano, but yeah, she is a one-time champion. So maybe in that's, WWE, that's like, how many yeah. how many tag team titles did Harlem Heat hold in WWE? But but WCW is owned by WWE. How many times champion so. was Tori Wilson? Tori Wilson did. Tori Wilson is is not in there for her in-ring work though. Tori Wilson is in there for being in Playboy and for for helping. To bring more. She's in there for smacking clams with Tori and Playboy, with Sable and Playboy. Let's be yeah. real. That's, that's what Sable she's in, in there. <laughs> yeah. But you look, I mean, you, you would know, think but, with the relationship with the Brock Lesnar thing, they told, that Sable actually would be in there. But oh, she's... that's the fucking reason why she's not. You think Brock's letting her out of that house in Saskatchewan? Well, she <laughs> goes mean, to his UFC fights. That's not WWE. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I mean, you you look at other people that they've got out there. Ivory, obviously, multi-time champion. Molly Holly. Melina is probably never going to get in just because of that relationship. Um, Michelle Ivory Poole. got in last year, didn't she? Um, yeah, Ivory's in. I would. I would. That's right. Uh, I would. Right? I would induct Batista and Melina on the same year. So they have to stand <laughs> on the stage together. That's what I would do. Nice. Very nice. Um. <clears throat> And you know, then Kelly just, Kelly and Randy Orton. Oh, <laughs> oh that will go over well with Randy's wife. <laughs> Who is, by the way, a smoke show in her own right? Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. Well, of course she is. She also got, remember, them, she also got remember, them crazy eyes. Yeah. Uh, remember when they had Orton have a fake wife when he was feuding with Punk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was convinced it was, and I was like, oh, no, that's a stage wife. I was like, oh. So it was awesome. But again, I mean, like I said, we've you know next year I would assume Michelle McCool would probably be the one to go yeah, in. I would say there. I'm surprised good. hasn't gone in yet. Well, she's probably wait until Taker goes in. Yeah. Yeah, they most likely do do a two four on that. And they'll wait until WrestleMania's in Texas again. Yeah, probably. Give it a year or two. Well, no, it's in Tampa next year. So who are they doing next year? Which, by the way, I made a comment 
saying that um, they always go back to the same places. But I was a little wrong because I, I didn't realize it was Tampa, Florida. So I'll give them credit for that because they've never been to that part of Florida yet. They've been to Orlando. They've been to Miami multiple times. But Tampa is is, real, is new. I'm so glad you clarified that because I thought I was about to say, which thing is Tampa, Oklahoma? What the fuck? Rock and Robin's from Louisiana, so she's they in could the get her. Though, isn't she? No, she's not. Are you sure? I thought she was. Look so right oh, now, oh, she's uh, not in there. Okay. Yeah, by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed this in the past couple of years. They have, like, a supplemental the, Hall of Fame. The problem is, if they induct Rock and Robin, Bobby Lashley's going to come out and go, tweet, tweet, tweet. Oh, you guys know about, like, the supplemental <laughs> Hall of Fame, though, right? The Legends win, yes, we know. Yeah, I, I think Rock and Robin's in that way. <laughs> it started two years ago with that. What is this now? It's the Legends there's, wing. There's a separate wing of the Hall of Fame that they don't really make a big deal of, but they, they induct like... Like 17 people every year. Like 17 people, and they just read them off like at some point in the middle of the show. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, also uh, this person, this person, this person. But they're all like wicked, like super old. It's almost Wasn't like the like better... Dick the Bruiser in there at one point? Yeah, it, like Crusher and... Okay, okay. All right. Here's... I have the list. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Mildred Burke, Frank Gotch, George Hackenschmidt, Ed Strangler Lewis, Pat O'Connor, Luthez, Sailor Art Thomas, Martin Farmer Burns, June Byers, Haystacks Calhoun, Judy Grable, Dr. Jerry Graham, Luther Lindsay, Toots Moont, Rico Duzan, Bearcat Whoa, Wright. Oh, Ricky, Doiz- Ricky Doison. Ricky Doison, yep. Stan Stasiak, Lord Alfred Hayes, Dara Singh, Cora Combs, El Santo, Jim Londus, Rufus R. Jones, Sputnik Monroe, Boris Malenko, and Hiro Matsudo. Matsudo. So, Why yeah, is so, Dean Malenko not in the Hall of Fame? Good question. He will be. I think he's still an agent, right? Yeah. He works for the yeah. company. The relationship's the company, clearly yeah. good. Well, Billy Kidman works for the company, too. He should be in. Billy yeah, Kidman's career is nowhere near Dean Malenko's. But he was a multi-time cruiserweight champion in both Sure, both but Dean Malenko is, is one of the all-time great workers well, of yeah. all time. Well, hey, yeah. Dean, they're backstage. Hey, Dean, you want to be in the Hall of Fame next year? Do I have to give a speech? Well, yeah. No. <laughs> no, because he's got to come up and go to give his speech, and Jericho runs out and goes, Armbar! <laughs> yeah. Dean Malenko... ECW TV champion two times, take champion one time, uh, cruiserweight champion four time in WCW, light heavyweight champion two times, WWF United States champion one time, take team champion one time with Chris Benoit. Hotel room with Lita one time. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame worthy for me. <laughs> but yeah, so they have that supplemental class, so I'm sure there'll be other people in that, like Rock and Robin and other okay. old people. <laughs> Billy Kidman used to be with Tori Wilson, so that would have been interesting to have him in this year. I can tell you Shane Douglas probably never going in that bitch. <clears throat> right. <laughs> and Billy Kidman was three-time WCW Cruiserweight Champion, one-time Cruiserweight Tag Champion, one-time Tag Team Champion, or two-time Tag Team Champion, uh, four-time I'm... Cruiserweight Champion, one-time Tag Team Champion so, WWE. So while we've got Tori Wilson out there, how about we bring out like Shane Douglas, Billy Kidman... Fucking A Rod, and we'll play a rousing game of Who's Inside Me. <laughs> there you go. She's only been married once, even having all those different dicks in her. Yeah, well, 
She's How many times she was engaged? She was engaged to A Rod, I think. They just never did the deal. Well, J Lo's engaged to A Rod now, but that's a whole nother fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. she got she's she got a giant ass and he's a giant asshole, so it's a match made in heaven. So that brings us to our main events of the evening. Holy shit, which... we're still not done with this abortion? All right. Nope. Which active WWE wrestler has the best promo? Kevin Owens is my answer. Okay. Sal. Jason, would you like to go? Or no, should... Sal, you can go. Uh, we're looking at active WWE competitors. That was There's the a... essential terms of the of the agreement here, yep. There's only one that really is, is killing it right now. Kevin Owens. Daniel Bryan, man. And and the the content he's putting in his promo every week it's getting even more diverse and, and he's finds new ways to insult people about being, you know, unenvironmental and you know, fat and lazy and unhealthy and killing animals and I love it. I think it's a, the best promo shit going right now. So both of those are great, great, great choices that very few people could argue with. And there are all sorts of people who could get honorable mentions in this category. Mustafa Ali, I think, is on his way to earning. I think his promos are fantastic. Uh, He doesn't get enough time to really sort of illustrate what he can actually do. I know Jeff is a big fan of Drew Gulak's promos. Um, But... No, uh, I'm going to go with a, a dark horse low-key pick here. I don't think anybody else, and I, and I sort of put that on there, expecting nobody else was going to pick this one. But it really it, it occurred to me the watching this week how amazing the promos being cut every single time by the Usos are. Yeah, you know what? I the, was thinking of that. These two, not from the content, the delivery... Just the visual, the, how they set up their promos in dark rooms and back alleys and, and give it that gritty, grimy feel. Uh, everything about what they do on a microphone is fantastic right now. I challenge you, go sit back and remember the last bad Usos promo, and I guarantee you it involved face face paint and neon colors. Because since they changed gimmicks, they've been absolutely fucking killing it. And it doesn't matter if they're being serious, if they're doing rap battles, whatever yep. they do, they excel at it. So every single person mentioned could be the winner. For me, if I'm trying to pick somebody that's a little bit different than what everyone else may be from the norm, the Usos are at the top of my list. Dude, that's a really good pick right there. And you're right, because... This week on SmackDown, it was their backstage promo that was absolutely amazing. Then two weeks ago, they did that in-ring promo where they ripped on Shane and, and Miz, and it was fucking hilarious. Yep. Uh, yeah, they, they funny, fun. serious. It doesn't matter what the tone is; they're excellent at it. Mm-hmm. No, that's a really good fucking pick right there. Now, Troy. Yeah. Even with Kevin Owens as a face. Do you think he's still cutting the best promo in the WWE? He hasn't had time yet to show what he can do. True. When, when he did show that he does not like pineapple on his pizza. Yes. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's always going to be him just because of the fact that um, not only is he my favorite, and I obviously have, you know, um, just, just that kind of painting my idea of him, but also the fact that, you know, he's... He's shown longevity-wise that he can cut great promos. And, sure. yeah, I still think even his, his face promos have been good. I mean, him coming back and and 
you know, taking apart Daniel Bryan was great, you know, and, and just little sly little nods too of him kind of saying like, I, there's one thing I hate. It's people who think who are full of themselves. It's like, that was your character before yeah. you got injured, you know? No, I um, want to see more. I definitely want yeah. to see more. I, I love Owens in general. Um, you know what I noticed when we were thinking about like, who's the best promo, a lot of heels, even those, those characters you could, you could say is heelish. Uh, we're kind of removed from the days of the top babyface cutting those promos that talk him into the building like we used to get with Rock, like we even used to get with John Cena, to be honest. And we haven't had that since Cena. I mean, Rollins' promos have been pretty good of late. Um, They're good. They're not going to talk but, you into the building. <laughs> but speaking of the Usos, am I the only one that's actually seriously into the idea of Usos Hardys at WrestleMania for the tag titles? I'm down. I think it's, I'm actually, I, it's great. I, I actually am really excited to see that match. I, I don't know. It's just sort of the blending of those styles I think could really be fantastic. I'll tell you this. Uso's ripping apart the whole division in that backstage promo was great. What they should have done was what they should have done was ripped apart the whole division, walked by and walked by Sanity and gone, hey, our bags are over there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Eric Young. Yeah. He really deserves better. Oh, well. So does well, MC3, think, but whatever. Well, oh yeah, that you know I forgot that honorable mention for best promo, EC3. No, no, never says nope, anything wrong. Nope, nope, no, 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 no. He never no. says anything wrong because he never says anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Alexa Bliss is another one you could put on that list, by the way. Oh, she, she's oh, great. Yeah. I love it when she. Wow. If you're looking for a female to put on that list, she's definitely. I mean, Char- could... Charlotte could go on that list. Becky could go on it too, just Becky for her most recent work. Yeah, Rhonda. Yeah. That's she's young. got, she's got kind of, a uh, hit or miss on certain things. No, I but was, yeah, I was joking at that one. Oh, by the way, uh, since we're in the main event, are we gonna? Is this where we're gonna talk about Brie Bella retiring? Yeah, Brie Bella retired. So I guess no more concussions for Liv Morgan. <laughs> All well, right. So it's a good promo too. Who with her? Ruby Riot, she no, does a decent no, job no, no. with her whole with the leader of the Riot yeah, Squad. There's thing. a difference between people who can cut can cut a good promo and people who cut promos consistently top notch. Oh no, I'm not saying she's the best. I'm just no. saying I was thinking you she's know. not Natalia, but she's she's not <laughs> on par with any of the names we've mentioned either. You know who's, who's never going to be on par with the, those names is Sasha. I just I can't stand her okay. fucking close dude. Okay. I can't. No, no, no. See, here's the problem, Sal. It's been so long since they've played to her strengths of being a heel that you forget how good she was at cutting heel promos. Yeah, if, if go back and go back and watch the lead-in to take over Brooklyn with her and Bailey, when she was telling Bailey she would never amount to it and she couldn't win the big one and she was just a loser. Like that stuff was great. Yeah, we're like five years removed from that at this point. <laughs> I understand that. That was what I was saying. If, if, I have to hear her one more time. This is my dream as a little girl, and I just can't believe... Oh, just not. Take the mic away. <laughs> Fuck you for having dreams as a little girl, okay? Fuck <laughs> you for accomplishing your goals and fucking elevating women's status within the company. Shut up, bitch. That's yeah, right. Fuck that, that little girl. Yeah, fuck you for having ambition and desire and oh, accomplishing your goals. <laughs> it's yeah, so, Go back so, into the so, kitchen so, and make Mikazi a sandwich. That's right. Sal wants to fuck that little girl. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Troy just made that weird. Uh, wow. Which is what Troy does, I guess. Holy That's shit. what I'm here for. 
So, guys. What's going on in the indie department? I don't know. Let's go to our indie corner, sponsored by Pizza Tycoon. And we'll begin with Liberty State Wrestling presents 10-year anniversary show Saturday. Creative name for your 10th-year anniversary show. Absolutely. <laughs> Saturday, March 16th at the John E. Cena Elementary School for the visually impaired <laughs> in Peabody, Massachusetts. Because you can't see them. <laughs> Get it? Ten years ago, they held their first show at the McCarthy School. Ten years later, still going strong at the McCarthy School. Join them for this sure-to-be huge evening of... Wait, is that the Mike McCarthy School? Like the mass hall? Yes. A huge evening of family-friendly pro-wrestling action from the McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. What, what event, school is this at? McCarthy. Okay. The main event of the 10th anniversary show on March 16th will be two Liberty State stalwarts going at it for the heavyweight title as Vern Vicello defends against the former champion, Christian Casanova. All joking aside, that's a badass main event. Absolutely. Also, Robo the Punjabi Line defends the No Limits Championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunity Knox contract holder Todd Sobel will be in action. The real deal... I'm sorry, who? <laughs> I'm sorry, Aubrey... <laughs> Opportunity Knox contract holder, known piece of shit, Todd Sopo, will be in action. Uh, the real deal, Brandon Locks, and the return of D.L. Hurst. Did you say Brandon Locks? Brandon Locke. Brandon Locke, yes, not Locks. I said Locke. No, you said Locks. Lethlerin <laughs> will be there. Fabulous Johnny Vegas. Vanity Vixen will go one-on-one with Nakomi Tai. And much more. Tickets are just $10 general admission. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. with a bell time of 7. The stars of Rooster Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Friday, March 22nd with March Meltdown. Bell time is 7.30, doors open at 6.45. Tickets ringside are $20 and advanced $60 purchase on BrewCityWrestling1.com using PayPal or $18 at the door. Then stay after and party with us at the Elks Lodge. Family fun for all ages. Already signed, Bruce City Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion Max Holiday defends against Dysfunction. The Bruce Cedar Wrestling Heritage Champion, Demented Chucky Bates, takes on Doc Simons. Former BFFs collide as ROH... Yes, probably Simmons. Oh. Uh, former BFFs collide as Beer City Bruiser takes on Nick Colucci. The Bruce Cedar Wrestling Women's Championship will be defended in a fatal four-way match as Smiley Kylie Ray takes on Evil Sierra, Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azor, and Valentina Loca. That's AEW's own Smiley Kylie Ray. Yep. <laughs> Did you did you change that or is that guy that the guy's name? Huh? What? All right. Brotherfucker takes on GP. <laughs> Why'd you have to say it like that? <laughs> I'm assuming that's not his name. Yep. Brewbaker <laughs> takes on GPA. Joe Alonzo takes on CJ Esparza. More Phantom Money matches announced soon. Go to Bruce City Wrestling One dot com. Uh, like him on Twitter, BCBCW1, and Instagram, Bruce City Wrestling. The thing that's charming about that is because it's BCW, Troy was 100% ready to believe that there was somebody named Brotherfucker on the card. Just saying. Liberty States Wrestling, along with Ring of Honor superstar, the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm sorry, the brawler. The brawler, Brian Malonis. 
uh, in conjunction with the Pinkerton Academy class of 2019, proudly bring pro wrestling back to Derry, New Hampshire at 7 p.m. on March 30th at the Hackler Gymnasium on the campus of Pinkerton Academy. Tickets can be purchased at astromanialsw.com. General admission floor seats are $20. General admission bleacher seats are $15. If you purchase tickets online in advance, you will get early admission on the night of the event. The card is as follows. Ring of Honor stars, the Bouncers, the Beer City Bruiser and Brian Malonis take on the Logan Brothers, Brian and Matt. Liberty States Wrestling Championship. I'm sorry, Liberty States Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Somebody didn't put the whole thing on there. Vern Vicalo defends the title against Opportunity Knox contract holder, the unequaled one, Todd Sopel. Not America's sweetheart, Davian takes on the Widow Belmont. Fabulous Johnny Vegas versus the King of Dad style, Scotty Slade. Setherin with Vanity Vixen takes on Pinkerton Academy alumni, Bryce Clayton. Robo the Punjabi Lion versus the son of all, Chase Del Monte versus Nico Silva and many more. Sal, that, that thing that says Sal on it, that means it's your turn to read that. Did we lose Sal? I, I even color-coded. Test of strength, heel shit apparel, <laughs> and Not... Ben Newhouse presents Lone Survivor on March 30th in Northampton. Pre-order tickets now, $15 front row, $10 general admission, www.paypal.me.teamswb, $5 more at the door, doors at 6 p.m., first match at 7 p.m., Armed Lumberjack match for the TOS Championship. Bobby Ocean defends against Dan the Man. Test of Strength Tag Team Title Finals. Kowalski guys, Jay Freddy with Slick Wagner Brown versus Above the Influence. Lone Survivor, number one contender for the TOS Championship match. Five-star Jose versus no, Bo five Douglas. Five-star Jace. Five-star Jace versus Bo Douglas versus Ray Jazz Jeez. versus... Dominic De Niro versus Jiggle Sosa versus Jiggy Ryan. Sosa. That's an I? Oh, Jiggy Sosa. Versus Ryan Frost versus Fox Vineyard versus Corey Dillinger. Yes, we also have a four-way oh. tag for the Main Street. <laughs> four-way tag. Main Street Posse versus Bellow Twins versus Congregation versus Filthy Family. Thomas and Tal issues an open challenge. A mixed tag team match with Elijah Six. Mike Syke, Skyros. Kevin Cartwright with Jay Bricks and Richard E. Stone. Esquire versus El Jabroni, Rick Raycon, and DJ Simone. Also, uh, JT Dunn makes his TOS debut. And uh, I'll be doing commentary for that event at Test of Strength. So come out and say hi <laughs> if you're in the area. If they, don't I, fire, if they don't fire me after listening to Sal's read there. Yeah, I, I, I consistently forget that Sal isn't always able to read ahead and alter words when they're just like matches listed. So... Oh, he uh, offers will... them just without any help. <laughs> just the wrong way. <laughs> Jiggles in The first read was fine. That's all I'm saying. ICW Milwaukee has added an early show. A doubleheader number one is a PG-13 event, priced right for friends and family of ICW, but after 3 p.m., the kiddies get kicked out. Ringside $10, second, third, and general emission $5. Doors up at 12.30 p.m. Bell time is 1 p.m. till 3 p.m. The main event will see Special Forces, Garrison Creed, and Blazin' Benjamin versus the Foley Foundation reformed back together. We'll have a six-man tag team match as Bear Uso Torco and Mystery Partners take on the Caribbean Arrogance, Rico de la Vega, Jay Manny, and Chuck. Shoots and Wanderers, Shooter Marciano and AC Riley with Val Marone. Malone will take on Power and Flight, Drake, Daniels, and Doc Simmons. Resort Live Captain Spicoli and Andy O'Dickens take on Knight Riders, Damon Knight, and Jacob Hoffman. 
Simon Says with Mrs. Says takes on Kaz Carter. Then, ICW will present Hardcore Deathmatch from the La Pica Lounge on March 31st. Doors open at 4 p.m. This is your Rated R Milwaukee show. Ringside VIP is sold out. Second or third row, $20. General mission is $20. There will be eight new non-hardcore wrestlers. They will be put into a hardcore death match. Wait, wait, getting wait, wait, out wait. Of their comfort Non-hardcore zone. wrestlers. I feel like we've seen like some of these guys in the fucking light tube fuckery matches before, but maybe that's just my recollection. I don't know. You're you're probably thinking wrong. These guys are normally the ones that are in like the normal matches that everyone else is not in. They will do better to earn a future title shot. Those eight will be Tyler Sullivan, Eddie Only, Jack Blackwell, Riley Jackson, Kyle Pro, Zach McGuire, Stonehenge, and Ricky Noreen. The matches for the tournament are as follows. This is the only reason I put it in is your reaction. A thumbtacks carpet strips match between Kyle Pro and Riley Jackson. A barbed wire bat and boards match between Tyler Sullivan and Jack Blackwell. Um, a fans bring the weapons match with Eddie Only and Zach McGuire. Kitchen Massacre match between Stonehenge and Ricky Noreen. Uh, then we will have the fa- final Fatal 4-Way Elimination with a mystery stipulation. And when they that, say Fatal 4-Way, they mean that shit. Yes. They mean, they mean Call the Undertaker. Someone's <laughs> dying. <clears throat> right. And he's available for bookings now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, was it $25,000 an hour? Uh, APW returns on Saturday, April 6, 2019 at 6 p.m. as they present Spring Loaded 8 at the Newbury Elks Lodge at 25 Low Street, Newburyport, Massachusetts. APW Heavyweight Champion Dynamite Danny Miles will defend the title against former champion returning to APW The Devil's Reject Brandon Webb. APW New England Champion Demon Ortiz will be defending his title against hard-hitting Bobby Ocean. We'll also see the return of Slick Wagner Brown when he takes on the masshole Mike McCarthy in a number one contenders match for the APW New England Championship. More matches and debuts will be announced over the next few weeks. Get your tickets now before we're sold out. Look for Atlantic Pro Wrestling on Facebook or AtlanticProWrestling.com for more details. That does it for the run on for this Thursday, March 14, 2019. You can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. You can like us on Facebook if it's back up. Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. <laughs> You can email the show your dick pics and vagina pics at rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Dick pics and twat shots. That's right. Uh, you can go to instagram.com slash rundownwrestling and see all of our pictures that we throw up on there. Uh, also, I've started to can, put... I, can I just point out, we haven't said this in a while, but since we've got so many new people listening and visiting, and let's, try, let's, uh, let's encourage people to go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a positive review. We'll be happy to read that on the show for you. That uh, If you're not supporting us monetarily, those reviews and five-star uh, things really help us out. Yeah, and we will read them all. You can put whatever you want in there. If you give us five stars, you can put shit, shit, fuck, fuck, shit, shit, fuck, fuck, and we will read that on air. We will. Pretty much our show, anyways. Race, racial racial and ethnic slurs might be the only thing we draw the line at in reading. Well, <laughs> you leave us a, face, uh, a voicemail like Ginger did at 617-863-6967. That's 61 Rundown 7. Still haven't heard back from the Chinese listener that left us a voicemail, but whatever. <laughs> we are on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. All patrons will receive early access to shows on the Rundown feed, as well as some swag and original content. Uh, unlike what Jeff may have said in his most recent episode, we actually have three reward levels. A $5, a $10, and a $20 reward level. The $20 one gets you a free t-shirt. 
Check out our website, rundownwrestling.com, information on, information on all of our great shows, as well as an archive of all of the episodes of Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, Making the Grade, NXT Revisited, ROH Dishonorable Discharge, WrestleMania Salvation, as well as a good deal of episodes of, of Nitromania Podcast. We should have all those by the end of next week. And, of course, the main broadcast show here eventually will have the uh, archive of all of those as well. Well, uh, you can also, well, I don't know about all 400, but... I no, but at, least, but at least from 297 on. Okay. <laughs> I'm still looking to see if I can I can track down some of the other other episodes elsewhere. YouTube um, riffs. Yeah, that's, they're that's on YouTube. I, that's that's my next course of action. Yeah. Of course, you can also go to rundownwrestling.com to vote in our hottest WWE female talent tournament. Um, and, uh, yeah, from there, you can also listen to our friends, the King of Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing with new episodes every Monday. You can go to Facebook.com slash the WPN or the WPN.com. Check out a friend, Jessel Michaels, on the show Yesterland Waltz. Go to yesterlandwaltz.com or watch it on your Roku through the RNTV app or the 24-7 Retro app. You can follow our host on Twitter at jstuart0920, at rockstartroy, at johnnyanalog. Sal, go ahead and plug yours. At WrestleMania Sal. Do you not have another one? Uh, at Real Astronomy. Do you still use that one? Yeah, occasionally when I live. Hey, well, what do you mean you use videos. that? Isn't that Tommy's? Well, I was going to say, that's my cousin's, man. That's oh, not sorry. Funny. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, occasionally when he watches the pay-per-views live. Might do it for WrestleMania this year. Speaking right. of WrestleMania, uh, our next episode for WrestleMania Salvation. I know you didn't throw it to me. I just don't want to forget. Uh, April 1st, we will be reviewing WrestleMania 25. I say we because I may be bringing a guest. With so much big dick energy, I won't know how to handle it. And we will be going over WrestleMania 25, not the 25th anniversary, regardless of what they'd have you think. Why are you trying to give me a suspended Twitter account, Jason? <laughs> That's like, uh, I just made it. I didn't know if that was our actual Twitter account. I just threw it up. I think it was because it got suspended. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, people, Anyways. Sh- people should still follow her. Well, they can't. <laughs> Her account's suspended. Well, I'll just she look her up. She's her probably right. got a fake a new one now. Thanks to everyone. She's from Boston. I'm just showing some support for a local girl. Fair enough. Thanks to Jason. Thank you, Troy. Good to be back. And uh, once again, big congratulations to Ginger and the wife on the birth of the little one. And thanks to Sal. Thank you, Troy. Like I said on last week's episode, but I think it got cut. Uh, Jason... I love arguing with you so fucking much. It's, uh, you're, anytime you want me to tell you why you're wrong, feel free. I would also like to point out that Sal didn't wish Ginger well, so apparently we got, we got confirmed beef between Sal and Ginger. Okay, move nope, on. Nope, uh, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't actually edit anything, so I don't know what you're talking about got cut. I think, <laughs> I, think I, said, I think I said after the episode uh, went off the air, but that's fine. Oh. Well, that's, well Sal, that's Troy also cuts at very random points to end shows, so... <laughs> I thought I said all I needed to say yesterday. <laughs> Next week, we continue to pleasure ourselves to pictures of beautiful women. And we continue down that Hershey Highway to WrestleMania. But I guess that means we will see you next Thursday. Bye! Later! Same shit, Sal. We got a fence. Fucking it up.
<laughs> this has been a podcast the Wrestling Network. If you're interested in having a podcast join the Rundown Wrestling Network, please email us via rundownwrestling at gmail.com for more information. And thank you for listening. Boy, that was a long-ass episode.